Uh, I'm so glad I hit record before Trisha got on her. <laughs> I hit the chat and you can see me now. So, um, I'll, I'll hang up and come back. Right, what? <laughs> what? Don't do this to me. I'm having a crisis. Of course, who? Hi, crisis. Scott. Congratulations. Thank you. I think. I hope. Trisha, what are you doing? Bad <laughs> record. Yay. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> she video called. You called her the right name. I called her the right name. There you go. Don't tell her I called her that. <laughs> what did you call me? Ms. Lupin. No, oh, no, you called me Ms. Lupin. I know. I did not. Did. I haven't no, recorded. She, did. she really did call you the right name. I think I should die. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You don't want to know. Well, uh, you're friends with me, so that just explains a heck of a lot. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know it. I have a new hat. I have a towel on my head. That's fun. I'm not actually wearing a new hat. I just have one. Yeah. Is it made out of tinfoil? No, it's a real hat. Nice. I actually went to Heritage Park and my grandfather bought me a bowler. Ooh, that'll be fun for pictures. Yeah. I was looking for something a little different than that, actually, but uh, that was the only one that fit my head because I have a big head, apparently. Yeah, big. But it actually looked quite good, so we went for it. Well, that's cool. You could have been like uh, Cat and I, and we went looking for hats, and we ended up with wolfy ears for Wolfie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, we always have fun. <sighs> did you go vote, Scott, in the common room? I did. I'm afraid we're deadlocked again. I noticed that. <laughs> Trisha, OG? I haven't voted yet. I voted! I, I'm, I'm sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I saw uh -huh. your tweet. I went and I was like, "Well, I can't vote anymore. I already voted, so therefore, mm -hmm. I I fail. I don't know. I just forgot where the hell the form was." <laughs> hey, Aww. but I did I not call not... Melinda, so there you go. Right, I got well. it. But then my I have I have it in my favorites, and I I lost it. Aww. I know. I found it. That's good. Okay, where so, am I supposed to vote? Sorry, I'm checking um, out. Facebook yeah. while we're waiting. Wait, yes. wait, wait. And you know those coexist um, bumper stickers that it's all the different like mm -hmm. religions? No, this one is like all geekiness. Uh -oh. I'll have to try and see if I can I can post it in our Facebook. But it's like the Death Star and then um, Enterprise and something else and Spock's, you know, Live Long and Prosper V and then lightsabers. I think it's all um, Star Trek, or Star Wars, but, you know, it's kind of awesome. Okay. It was some of both, because Spock is from Star Trek, and the Death Star and lightsabers are from Star Wars. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's just Star Wars and Star Trek, but it's still awesome. Did you see okay. the one I posted about uh, the droid telephone? No, I found droid sock, or um, I found um, sorry, I'm going to a different, I found Doctor Who TARDIS socks online. Nice. So fun, yeah. Are they bigger on the inside? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they look pretty awesome, though. I mean, M and M's. That sounds so nice. It's a picture mm -hmm. of 
Um, Picard, Riker, and Data. Nope, sorry, it's not Riker, it's LeVar. And Data's stomach area, chest to stomach area are open, and there's a telephone base in there. And then Picard's holding the handset, and it says, I'm calling you from my new Android smartphone. Yes, it even includes unlimited data. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so bad. Clever. I love it, but that's so bad. All right, I shared it with our Facebook group. <laughs> I'm sure Facebook one? will have sent me yeah. emails about everything, so... I discovered the problem with making you a close friend, Sue, is that absolutely everything you do gets emailed to me. Oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, I do a lot. Oh, well. No, Diggory, vampires don't sparkle. Oh, my God, I'm so bad. I'm not even in a Facebook group. I'm going to ask to join. You're there not you in go. A Facebook group? How could you not? Oh, no, I mean group. It's an open group. You don't have to ask to join. Uh, well, just join. Yes, no, she, no, she has to ask to join. Oh, okay. Susan Sue said yes. It's nice to be able to have power. <laughs> <laughs> that yes, is well, so cute. Apparently, I'm head of Hufflepuff now. It's Yay! an interesting thing to come home Yay! from vacation Yay! to. Well, it's the old, it's the head of house. We need to get Ryan on here, so it's like the 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 head of house forum thing. <laughs> Every one. past Hufflepuff head ever. Yeah. Ever. Well, that would we would have to get Jules. Yeah. And Melinda. Melinda. And Tina. Yeah. yeah. We could do that. Could be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> it would be a whole heck of a lot of hugging. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, we are Hufflepuffs. Yes, yes we are. So yeah. we have another like Puffcast. We do today. have Puffcast. Kelly might get here at some point, but it's hard to say. She should be here later. Yeah, I, I was thinking of Itai today. Yeah. On the way home, because Arg was trying to, it was asking me questions between Christianity and, Ju- and Judaism. And I'm just like, oh man, I wish Itai was here. Yeah. <laughs> Explain. So I'm trying to try to make it in general terms and stuff like that. He just kept asking me more and more questions and it was just hard. And he goes, my friend Tyler Lee, he goes, he's not Jewish. I go, no, I think he might be Buddhist. He's like, What's Buddhist? I'm like, oh man, I just opened it. Another can. Don't even start. Yeah. Then he's like, oh, and then he goes, well, he went to a Catholic daycare with me, and I'm like, yeah. I go, what country is he from? He goes, Taiwan. I go, I think there's a lot of Catholics there. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, no. It's hard to say. I gotta learn to keep my mouth shut. It's always fun to be, you know, learning new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my cat standing right beside my new television. Get down! <laughs> you got a new TV? Yes, that was our big um, Christmas gift. Wow. This is his only Christmas gift. Mm. I thought you we meant Oliver can... got it for you. I was gonna say, whoa, good kid. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the only thing Santa brought. That's oh well, now he'll believe in Santa for at though? least five more years. Well, I'm sorry. Now he'll believe in Santa for at least. (laughs) (laughs) You go first. Oh, I said, did did Mom get him anything? If Santa only brought the the TV, no, Uh Mom couldn't afford anything else. (laughs) Well, I realize that, but you know, not. Did he at least have a stocking or something else to open? Oh yeah, he had a stocking and he got um, goggles, swimming goggles that he left at Grandma's house. So I had to give him my goggles. So my eyes are burning now. So mm. Yeah, I saw that you were swimming. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> and and Miss Polar Bear. <laughs> yes. That's right, yep. Trisha. Yeah. You jumped, I jumped into the, the sm- river. 
Yes, I did. I jumped in the Mon New Year's Day. And how cold mm-hmm. was the Mon? Wow. It wasn't even that bad. It was 40 degrees out, so it, it, it wasn't cold, cold. But um, I wouldn't I want just, to jump in, in this week, though. No, I was looking at it. Yeah, so this week would have been really cold. But mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be a lot worse. I have a friend. Um, he's from Rung, Scott's area. And he goes, yeah, he, ju- he jumped in some lake up there, and they had to cut through the ice. Oh, yeah, that would be To jump in. And he said it was like every bone in your body feels like it's breaking. So I was expecting that. I knew that was like to the extreme. But I was expecting something. But I did feel like it's a burning sensation on my fingers and my toes. Oh, but yeah. my dumb friends decided to do it in their bare feet. I'm like, I'm not jumping in that river in my bare oh. feet. Put tennis shoes on. Yeah. So, and it wasn't like a polar bear jump. You you weren't naked or anything like that. No, 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 no. But it's still considered a polar bear jump. I was in a swimsuit. Okay, I was just checking. Mm-hmm. And because isn't the original polar bears weren't they naked? Or maybe I'm just making that up. I think you're making that up. All right. I think it's just going into a swimsuit through actual ice into water. We'll just cut all that out because, you know, we don't want Sue looking like an idiot. (laughs) And since Sue gets to edit usually, Sue can do that. (laughs) Sue decided to let you know she's an idiot. It was still still a lot of fun. I raised $80 for Project Bundle Up, so I was happy about that. Cool. That was the only way I was going to do it. Is was to like raise money, and so people would go, "Did you do it? Did you do it?" And I, I'm like, "Okay, I raised this money. I have to do it." Mm-hmm. So, so it was fun. We enjoyed it. And um, my friend, she was scared half to death. I mean, she's like, "Give me your hand." So we jumped, and she's like six inches taller than I am, which <laughs> is not a bad. I mean, pretty much everybody's taller than me. Mm-hmm. And I came up first out of the water. I broke through, and she was still under. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, she is bigger than me, so she will be down a little bit more. She came up, and she looked like she was a deer in headlights. <laughs> and she wouldn't move. And it got a scare. Um, another friend, there was three of us, um, kind of looked at her. We took her by the elbows and pushed her to the shore. <laughs> Cold stuff. It was fun, though. That's cool. You're doing all kinds of cool things now. Yeah. I'm not such a naked polar bear. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm just making things up, you know. <laughs> Good night, Ulrich. Good night, Ulrich. <laughs> I, I I was hearing this little voice in the back going, night, night. And I'm thinking, myself, that's my son. Oh, yeah, I'm taking night. Yeah. Oh, I missed voting for favorite character. Oh, well. Looks like Severus still would have won anyway, so. Yay! I just would have had another tie or another... Um, person on the bottom. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So how was your vacation, Scott? I forgot you were going or didn't know you were going. And then I was looking for you to tell you that you were head of house and I was told that you had gone. So mm-hmm. yeah. that was fun. Um, well, you knew that I think you knew my sister came and mm-hmm. joined us here the week before Christmas. Right. And then on Boxing Day, we went over to Calgary to visit my mom's family and my other sister. And we spent several days there and then uh, uh, went out to the family farm on New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve. And then we headed up to visit my dad's family around Edmonton for the last couple of days. And now we're back. Cool. So your headsets are rubbing on each other or something? Uh, probably. scratching yeah. sound every time you talk. 
<laughs> there. That's the wire from the one headset. It's rubbing on the microphone from the other one. Um, yeah. You need to MacGyver that stuff. I like. You know, yeah, get, tape it, it together or something. <laughs> we need to we need to get a, a forum pool going to send you a new headset. Why wasn't a headset on your Christmas list, Scott? Wait a minute. <laughs> it was, but it didn't work. Oh. Nobody knew what kind of headset I wanted, so Ah, that makes sense. I was not specific enough. But my brother and, and my mother got me RAM, so I've doubled the RAM in my computer. I still have no earthly idea what that means. But <laughs> Kat and Kelly and Ryan all tell me it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It means mm-hmm. your computer has more stuff to work with when it's thinking about things. Well, that's good. Cause... RAM stands for Random Access Memory. It means that it can use it whenever necessary to work on stuff, okay. basically. So, it's it's a happy computer. Mm-hmm. Like a happy little tree. Yes, there you go. So, well, shall we start this thing? Yep. Why not? Mm-hmm. Everybody got, uh, let's see. And I don't know if we're going to go through nine, because I always forget the prologues. I'm very bad at this prologue. Thing. Damn prologue. So, and Trisha, this is your story. So would you like to start us? <laughs> okay, how do you how do you say her name? I always I always screw it up. Fernwithy? Nymphadora? No! Fern. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to edit this out, right, Sue? No! <laughs> sure! We'll edit it out. We'll edit it out of this spot, put it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bastards. <laughs> I have I have you saying how much you enjoy our editing in the in the podcast that I'm releasing this week. Oh, really? And you were serious and you were very, very uh I was I was gushing, huh? Well not gushing, you just said I like some of the things you guys have edited in. So it's fine. Okay. I put a whole who's on first segment in it and a little bit of uh Fish from Barney Miller in this episode that's coming out. Some of oh you won't well, be old go. enough to know who Fish from Barney Miller is, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's Fernwithy. Fernwithy. Withy. Yeah. Withy. Withy. Okay, a a fern withy, withy is a kind of plant. It's a fern oh, it? and a withy. Fern withy. Okay. Yeah. I love having Sky. I always, I always am afraid to pronounce people's pen names. It scares me. Yeah, they're, like they're often kind of a little weird. It's not MS Lupin, people. I am not Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> See? You don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> and now Heather's unwrapping paper. Oh, I'm sorry. I was putzing with a, a package of yarn bobs that I got for Christmas. Sorry. Oh, I thought maybe uh, you were, you know, having some candy or something. No. I'm eating, I'm eating M&M's like crazy right now. You're doing it very no. quietly. The only candy that I have here is Kit Kat bars, so. Give me a break. The other thing in the podcast that's coming out is Scott getting popcorn and uh-huh. actually munching it in certain <laughs> places on the podcast, and it's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> yep. I'm not eating anything right now, but uh, I'm just enjoying getting my hands warm again. The furnace has been off the entire time we've been away, so oh. we have to turn it on. Again, when we came back, and yeah, this is cold in here for a while. You can I do bet. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, without the pipes freezing. I know that's what I'm thinking. You you left the house with no furnace on in Canada without the pipes freezing. I'm impressed. We've had a really mild winter, really. There hasn't been a lot of snow and stuff. Don't say that. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> no, nope, I swear. Meanwhile, it's 14 Christmas. degrees in Florida. I heard that. It was down in the. 20s. Oh. 
crap. I'm supposed to. I gotta watch the the game too. Oh crap! crap. What game? Turn it on quietly. <laughs> the the um Orange Bowl. Oh. Who's West playing? Virginia versus West Virginia. Oh. I know. You remember when I said that nasty thing about Pitt and you yes, yelled at I me? Yes, and I said I said other nasty things about you for saying nasty things about Pitt. So. <laughs> <laughs> you two are not supposed to say nasty things to each other. This is not okay. It is okay when your schools don't like each other. Yeah. All right. Pitt and West Virginia are or more or more. Ah, uh, never mind. They're enemies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're enemies. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> I did not drink before. Di- Wait, we are Draco so and Harry, pretty much. <laughs> no, it's Draco and Harry. I'm Harry. S N O G G. Uh, not quite. Especially considering their entire teams, that would be a little awkward. <laughs> be a pretty big tree. It would be a big tree. It'd be the Whomping Willow. It'd be great. <laughs> I don't think the Whomping Willow would sit still for that. Probably not. This conversation went from bad to worse. <laughs> we better start Aww. the podcast quick. <laughs> yeah, okay. For Friday, November 9th, this is episode 155 of Potterfield Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ronnie, the next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, we'd like to start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? My Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfit. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. Felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly defining strange terms for your edification. But <laughs> <laughs> I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane, in the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> We'll always laugh before the end. Butterfink Weekly, where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. And welcome to Butterfink Weekly. This is Trisha. I'm Scott. Oh, I'm Sue. We didn't talk about this. Sorry. Yeah, we didn't talk oh, about this. <laughs> We talk about order. <laughs> oh, are we I'm recording to... mine separately, so we can just stick it in wherever. But <laughs> I guess I talked over it on Sue's version, so I don't know. Oh, it worked out. It was fine. Fine, I tell you, fine. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> Honestly, we're not drunk at all. We're just high on sugar. Well, at least some of us are. Me. I'm just watching Legally Blonde, so you know. I think it's rubbing off. Uh, oh, yeah. that's not good. All right. What fic are we covering today, Trisha? We are covering one of my favorite screens. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Gyps by Fern Withy. It, it is a Remus and Tonks um, ship, so that makes me all happy. Um, 
you can find this on the sugar quill, I believe. I don't know about the, any of the other mm-hmm. um, places, but this is one of my first books that I have when I came to the fandom. It was one of the first ones that I read and absolutely fell in love. Um, this is taking place during um, fifth year um, in mm-hmm. Harry Potter land. Okay. Fourth year, isn't it? No, Umbridge. Umbridge, yeah. So okay, so the title the is just confused. What is the title? Oh no, right, it's me that's confused. Never mind. Okay. Yep, I was completely forgetting Goblet. I thought Order of the Phoenix was the fourth year. Never mind. You know what? I think a lot of people like to forget about Goblet. <laughs> Aww. I like it as a story. I was just forgetting that it was fourth. You just have your numbers mixed up. Well, you've been on mm. vacation, so it's okay. You don't have to know these things. Yeah. And it says on here that she has an archive on the Sugar Quill and on the Live Journal. And then I'm looking at the one that's on her personal website. Yeah. So. yeah there are various I'm, places you can look at it. Imagine that's where I am. Is it the one with the green background and the. Yep. Yep. That's the one. Yeah, I, always, I always go to the. To Sugar Quill. Yeah. Well, we found out when we talked to her for Teddy's story that since the Sugar Quill is just strictly now an archive and they're not accepting new stories, she hasn't um, published them on any other sites. So, yeah, if you, it, you know, when we read Teddy, Teddy's story was still on the Sugar Quill, but this, like, everything after that we've gushed and talked about since has been on her site. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Shifts and its sequel, Shades, are old enough stories that they are also on the Sugar Quill, but some of her newer stuff didn't make it on there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which, definitely check out the newer stuff. It's always awesome. So. Mm-hmm. But this one is a retelling of Order of the Phoenix, and it was written before Half-Blood Prince, so there are things in it that don't quite square with stuff we learned later, but mostly she's it- tried to keep it fairly close to canon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. One thing I liked about the, with this book, um, with this story, I read it with the Order of the Phoenix, and there's some pauses where where Harry interacts with with Remus and Tonks and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, like that, and it, it goes really well, and and it was kind of like I was going through the both of them, and it was fun. I just oh, enjoyed cool. it. Very cool. We're Anywho, hold we're here, here in London, September first, nineteen ninety five. Yay. And the sun is trying to come out as three people, well, two people and a dog walk back to Grimmauld Place. And Sirius wants to go play in a park. He is the dog, of course. And mm-hmm. Remus says, you know what Moody will say. And Tonks rolls her eyes and she's uh, all dressed up in an old disguise. And she's like, oh, come on, Remus. Mad Eye will be skulking around Nocturne Alley. Nobody will know. And so Sirius knocks her, jumps on her and knocks her down and Gives her a big old kiss, and this little lady passing by is like, you should put a leash on that thing. He'll injure your mother. <laughs> yes. She I love it. struggled not to laugh. Yeah. I. This is when I started hearing her. I started calling her Dora during the whole thing. And I think, what, isn't it in the seventh book, Remus does call her Dora once. I'm like, she got him from shifts. <laughs> I think because she I've never heard that's... him say Dora during the whole entire thing until then I'm like <laughs> that's pretty much the only normal name you can make out of Nymphadora so mm-hmm. yeah yeah Dora yeah. but it is fun and she sort of flirts with him just a little bit but not too much because she doesn't want to scare him off she's playing because you know she's his mother mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but you got a kiss for your yeah. old mom yeah. yeah, especially then he he's the one that's older than she is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And he wants to know why she's more so old. And he, she says, well, you told me I'd have to be older this year. And he's like, I didn't mean that old. <laughs> they have good banter in this story. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. As we've said before, is one of the things we like about stories. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just love it. He's like, I'm a wicked son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then he throws her hat off for Padfoot to fetch. Mm-hmm. So. It probably would be fun to be a dog. I don't know. You get to sniff people's butts and it'd be funny. I don't know if I'd go for that personally, but maybe if I was a dog. I would like to, if I was a dog, I think I would go up, especially um, people that have the bare leg, and go up right behind and put my cold nose right behind the back of their knee. Yeah. Oh. My dog scared me to death tonight. So you're only evil Sorry, I'm fussy tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> Fuss with the yarn that won't make noise. I'm trying to, and I can't find my scissors. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I went out to feed the alpacas just at dark tonight, and I had no idea that mom had let the dog out. And I have a headlight that I wear so that I can see what I'm doing. And I turned the corner to go into the alpaca and she was at the very back. And so all I got was glowing eyes, coyote height. I'm like, Wah! oh, it's the dog. Okay. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Trisha? We can hear you. Yeah, we hear you. She's not on mute. I hear Scott. Really? Wow. Are you there? No. She's just commenting to my typing. Uh, mm-hmm. Heather, can you hear me? Sorry, I put myself on mute while I was uh, playing. But you can hear yeah. us. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, I can hear her too. Strangeness. Oops. Oops. Sorry, it's my you, fault. What did you hear? Did you just turn us all down? Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh huh. I've done that. I know. I'm sitting with this thing, and I'm always afraid I'm going to turn it down. It, it got lean on it the wrong my way. legs, and it, somehow I did something. Yep. That's typical us. So no worries. But anyway, they're playing in the park when there's rumbles of thunder and raindrops start falling, so they have to head back to the house. And fortunately, they get there before it really starts pouring. Just barely. That's a fun song. And, uh, of course, they wake up Mama, Miss Black, Mother Black. Here we go. Mm. Mommy Dearest. Is that the one with the, the, the clothes hangers? Wire yeah, hangers? Yeah, so. yeah. So, I think those two took remember, notes that played bridge together, really, you know. I always remember her strapping the kid into the bed because he, I guess he slept walk or something. What's this? Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest. I don't think I know what that is. It's a movie. It's a it's familiar movie. title, but I don't really know anything about it. It's about a parent who it's is crazy? not uh, parent of the year. Crazy? She, like, uh-huh. beats the kids with hangers or ties them to the beds or... Whatever. I've oh, never seen it either. But just I've just her. seen that scene with the wire hangers. So hmm. yeah. anyway, Mrs. Black is screaming at them. The creatures have blood. Blood dreaders. Shame of mine. Serious. And Remus kind of rustled the curtains, and she's quiet. I love this. Who painted that bloody thing anyway? And we find out that Narcissa signed it. So okay. possibly that Narcissa was the one that painted it, which is kind of frightening. Hmm. I would expect Bella. I don't know if Bella would be focused enough for art. Maybe. I would see Narcissa probably being trying to like, oh, I can get in and maybe they'll give me money or something like that. Yeah, try to get in the good graces. I think money was a... Graces, I would believe. Money, nah. Anyway, they do manage to shut her out for a bit and... Decide to stay for lunch. Mm -hmm. Apparently Mrs. Black was just like that. Whatever age she was, she was pretty much like that. So, we start to find out a little bit about 
what Remus's assignment is going to be. And we know that Dora is going to be part of the assignment, and so she has to be a little bit older. And we find out that she's going to be posing as his wife. We don't know if we find that out right here. Yes. They uh, don't let friends make social calls on campus, but it's a long-standing tradition for the teacher's spouses to come for lunch. So Dora's uh-huh. going to have to pose as his wife to bring him the wolf spade potion. And Remus thinks it'll be much more believable if she's older. Right. Yeah. And inappropriately young. Because we don't have age issues or anything like that. No. Well, of course not. What is the age difference between the two? Um, I think she's she's about 23 when we first meet her in um, in this book, I suppose. So she would be 37 or so. So, yeah, about 14 years. Oh, nothing. I only say that because my brother's wife is 14 years younger than she older than she is. Well, it seems like she was really young when he was at school because they used to visit, at least in these stories, because he charmed her doll in uh, one of the other stories. I'm looking to see if we have an answer here. Does anybody know the age difference? Lupin was about 13 years older is what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. That would certainly add to the awkwardness if if you actually knew someone when they were a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think she had a crush on him all the time, but it's different for him because he saw her as, you know, this little girl at first. Top for teacher. And he is going to be teaching at Smeltings. Mm-hmm. So, because they're wanting to make sure nothing happens to Dudley. They don't, he doesn't get captured as a lever or something. And Remus, you know, he's not quite because he's not getting pro- But he's not getting get protected because he's outside the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's outside the the wards that protect Harry, so we need something, somebody to protect him. And Remus is happy to be able to go and have a teaching job. He loves to teach, so that's a you know it's a perfect job for him. Um, he's not at all sure he liked smeltings, uh, mm-hmm. but doesn't strike me as a particularly fun institution. But. No, I like well, the way they, they described it. Like it was really cool. Whenever I, I don't know if that's in this chapter or not. Um, I guess we're just jumping around, but when he described like smelting, it was interesting, you know, how he compared it to a lot of like the older institutions, both, you know, Muggle and Hogwarts and things like that, and then how it was a lot newer. And I, I thought that was interesting because I don't know, like, I feel like when I think of boarding schools, particularly after reading the Harry Potter series, I think of these these older gothic mm-hmm. buildings that have so much history, but. You know, not everything has to have history. Mm-hmm. You know, it just I don't know. Anything develop too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but the thing is, anything you think of England and London and stuff like that, you think of you think of older stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To tell you the truth, when I went to London and I was seeing, I love seeing the old buildings, and then you see some of these modern stuff. I'm like, my God, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it is just. It was too much for me. I'm like, I want this. I'm like, it's supposed to be old and cobblestoned and goofiness and stuff. <laughs> well, they can't keep the old things all the time. They fall apart. I know. I know. But yes, I know what you mean. It does seem a little jarring to see the difference. Yeah. So he's thinking and apparently about... that's that's kind of what smeltings is like, I think. Mm-hmm. They've got the old parts and then they've got the brand new stuff that they've done their fundraiser for and built and all. Yeah. So. He's thinking about his interview and, you know, he found out that the person interviewing him was a, a piebald man named Blythe. I thought that was a great description. Was a 
history buff. And so they, uh, I'm sorry, Scott, but you're breathing into your microphone. <laughs> um, they talked for like three hours. And the worst thing about it was that he's expected to use the computer and he's, you know, <laughs> not at all going to be good at this. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, the computer thing is great. And, you know, he's, but overall, you know, he's really excited about teaching and he didn't quite like the headmaster, but he can deal with the headmaster and he'll figure out the computer. But all in all, he just doesn't like speltings. And maybe it's because he's expected to ignore it when the boys hit each other with sticks. Although, you know, you ignored the students dueling at Hogwarts, so maybe that's not it. Or maybe it was the th that it was producing the third generation of Dursley men, because he doesn't like Dursleys at all. Mm -hmm. Or what? Who doesn't like I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Can't possibly think. So, he's... He's just not sure. But, you know, we find out maybe he'll, Sirius is like, well, maybe it's, you now Remus says, well, maybe it's because I don't want to spend a whole year with Dudley Dursley. And Sirius is like, well, maybe he'll surprise you. Maybe he'll be all Evans. And he's like, yeah, no, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Petunia, not, not close to being an Evans either. Yeah. So. Well, Lily had to come from somewhere, seriously. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, we we keep thinking. I mean, yes, she did marry Dudley, but or or Dursley, but you know, maybe their parent. You know, their parents seemed from the the snippets that we get very normal. Mm -hmm. So I mean, maybe there's a kind heart in there somewhere. Maybe. Well, what we find out is that there's a temper, and that Lily has a temper, and the Evanses are known for their tempers. And Remus says, well, as I understand it, Dudley does, in fact, have the Evans temper. So, yeah, you know, I guess Lily lost her temper once. Do you think that tempers are more learned, or are they hereditary? A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, hard to say. Because you probably, I mean, it, it depends on, like, stereotypes, because you could stereotype, you know. Redheads or things like that. Yeah, true, or, but... Yeah. But I think it's some of it's learned. If your parents have a hot temper, then you kind of learn how to deal with the temper and you probably have more of a temper. But I mean, if I compare myself to my parents, my father can have a really hot temper and my brother can have a really hot temper and, and I have a short fuse with some things. So it seems to kind of run in the family as well. I don't know. I just think, like, I mean, it just... It... There are things that I think I let my temper go with, like, you know, it, it's like I'll some things I can brush off, but there's just certain little things I can't even come to mind right now um, that that cause me to have a temper or, or be temperamental. <laughs> so they they kind of you know they're talking about if Peter shows up, what they're going to do. Sirius wants in on it. Dora says we should let him live so he can testify. But Sirius says, no, Barty Crouch did that, and he got ignored, so what good's that going to do us? But so, but she kind of holds her tongue and kisses Sirius on the top of his head and just kind of smiles and decides that, you know, they need to plan because you know, he's going to start his new job and she's got to, they've got to have some idea what, what you know, I'm just sitting be. here talking. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Sue, just sitting here talking about this. And as soon as you said, like, the need to plan, I feel like this is a juxtaposition to, you know, our, the, the, the trio that we experienced in the books. Like, it just, you know, it's sort of the thinker 
the 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 person who takes quick action and then like kind of one in the middle, and it it, it is an interesting um, position that you can kind of look at like not saying that anyone's like Ron Hermione or or um, Harry, but they're similar in in how they're kind of going about this, and it's you know I just mm-hmm. wonder. Had they all lived, you know, because we know what happens at the end of the fifth book, you know, how that would have played into certain, you know, aspects of, you know, the um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione's life, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. We find out that his lunch breaks uh, at a certain time, quarter past noon, and can she make it? And he said, she said, yeah, Kingsley's, Kingsley's put her on evenings because she's still an or too. They don't, you know. She's doing this for the order, but she still has her her regular job. Um, Good thing that Kingsley knows, so. Yeah. And then, you know, they talk about this a Mm -hmm. little bit, but she decides that she's got to come up with a look. And she tells Remus, okay, make me into the woman of your inappropriately old dreams. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just, I just yeah, love, I love. Start. So basically Sirius love, has to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Name? I love, I love that Sirius like takes over. It kind of reminds me of like a what not to wear kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of, of random TLC shows, I'm sorry, I, I have to put it out there. I have this thought, I have this plot bunny in my head of Jenny going um, wedding dress shopping. And it's sort of like an episode of, of um, Say Yes to the Dress. And mm. somehow all of her brothers have to go and approve the dress. Oh, dear. <laughs> and and I haven't quite figured out point of view and things like that, but I think it would be rather hilarious and awesome. I think she'd end up jinxing them all. I think so too, which is kind of like the the, the best part about it. So. <laughs> yeah, I like that in this, um, she tries on one dress and comes down uh, taller than usual, and she says, "Oh, I never worry about altering my clothes. I just change so I fit." Right. <laughs> I know. I want that. I've seen all of that. Yeah, that would be great. We find out that her father's been taking her to muggle clothing stores, and she's got all these clothes that she uses for her undercover work. So, and now, I think just because she likes use it, the dress up because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just got. I mean, just got. I mean, gotta think. She probably can you just see her just like going to her and her dad just going to fresh shops mm-hmm. and yeah. just getting the craziest things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she can just make herself fit into them, you know, morph her hair to go to the right color or, you know, oh, that you couldn't wear that shirt as a redhead. That's okay. I can be blonde for this shirt. Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so they start serious directs. Right. He says, well, I'll, I'll make her a combination of all the girls that you dated in Hogwarts. And Remus is like, all two of them? Do you think <laughs> we have enough time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she asks Sirius if there was a particular type among the ones he mooned over. And Remus has no idea what to even say to that. Sirius doesn't quite either, but she has dresses that she's picked up from this used shop. And uh, Sirius picks one out and she says, ah, artist. Okay. (laughs) Apparently she knows what the dress means. I don't know. Yeah, it's just really funny because it's like bookish or artistic, like, Rumpled or Tweety, <laughs> like yeah. you know, like he she keeps kind of asking about things, and Sirius sort of keeps popping off with, you know, short or long, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. she finally. And so they, they go through, and they mostly have a look, and Remus can bring himself to 
check out what they've done. And he's like, eh, well, I guess it's sort of, she looks like a middle-aged woman. It doesn't seem very smelting-like, but yeah, it should probably work. She's still kind of a bit young, though, and so she makes her hair gray instead of black. Okay, that'll do. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's perfect. I, I like this line. She didn't look much like Nifedora Tonks, except for her eyes. She'd gone for a faded blue, but they danced with mischief as usual. No matter how she morphed, she always seemed to be the small girl playing pretend. Yeah, at least to him anyway. He remembers her like that. Yeah. They decide not to change her name too much. She's just going to be Dora because that Nymphadora probably wouldn't work. You think? Yeah, I'm naming my first child Nymphadora. Absolutely. And she and you can't call her Tonks either because you know, professor's wife with a last name for a first name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I've known people with last names for first names. Look at my son. Or everybody people who have my everybody thinks Org's Org's um, name is his last name. Yeah, I can see that. I actually know people whose last name is Ulrich, so I, mm-hmm. I would buy into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been called Mrs. Ulrich before. <laughs> that works. But they convince her to. Um, go with Dora. And she says, Dora Lupin, I like it. And he says, actually, that'll be uh, Lewis, because, you know, this is a part and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get attached or anything. Yeah. Doesn't, isn't he Richard or something like that? It's a little bit more... Yes, Raymond I mean. Lewis, yes. Yeah. Name. So, and then Sirius realizes that she's getting ready to go, and he's going to be alone with Remus, and oh, he's just <laughs> bored, and, you know, when's the next meeting? Because it's just quiet around here and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pity Mar- Molly and Arthur decided to go back to the borough. Yeah. But, you know, it's their house. And then they can apparate whenever they want. Right. And Sirius suggests asking Dora to move in there with them. And Ravis is like, can you imagine what Molly would say about that? <laughs> yeah. At least it wouldn't be so quiet. I swear that woman can outscream mum. <laughs> So Sirius goes dog-shaped, so he doesn't have to think too much. Yeah, mm. he spends a lot of time as a dog, I think. Well, you got to think. I mean, it's probably how he... It's a, it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they... Uh, Remus starts to clean up, so... And we're on to Chapter 1, Back yep. to School. Back to School. And first we talk about Peter Pettigrew, which seems a little odd, but um, I guess this is where... Uh, we get the description of smeltings. Mm-hmm. He's saying smeltings reminds him of the weird costumes that Peter used to wear to dress up like pirates from his stories that he read all the time. Right. It wasn't, yeah, except for that it was, uh, it wasn't quite right. It, it tried to be this one way, but it was, it says it had all the right elements in all the right places to pass for a real school, but it wasn't fooling anyone under its tacky paper hat. Yeah, it's too new. It's not an old school. Mm-hmm. And there are various things that they have that are supposed to be picturesque, but they're too clean to really fit into the environment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it looks the one uh, building has a cupola with gold on it, and he's pretty sure that if he went and looked, it would turn out to be foil. And Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, like, when I was reading it in the way it says, like, um, I like where I went to college, like there were very old and distinguished parts of the university. And then there was a part where they decided that they wanted to do more Greek type architecture. And then there's modern. It's just this bitch mishmash. Whereas I've been to other college campuses where it's all the nice red brick kind of similar architecture that, that you would expect, you know, um, lots of trees. And it's just like, 
I get where where he's like, it's just not right. It's awkward. It's 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 like trying to put on your you know you're putting on your parent your your mom's dress or your dad's suit and putting on their shoes and playing dress up like it's playing dress up but being a distinguished institution. Yeah, it's just, it's not quite working for him. But he's he's decided to show up a little bit early and he takes the lift up to his office, which he's uh you know he knows better, but he's kind of white knuckling it up because these muggles don't quite know what they're doing and this lift is liable to fall at any moment <laughs> you know and, and i can see that if somebody wasn't used to something like that or or a magic no i'm not even used to that riding a, an elevator for the first time oh yeah so um, no it's not natural i rather take stairs i white knuckle it every time i go up the elevator myself <laughs> I don't know how some can go up in those big sky rises. They kind of freak me out. Yeah. You know, the big, tall, like, New York office buildings, like, oh, God, they just kind of make me nauseous. They're elevators, that is. Yeah. I I worked on the 23rd floor. Believe me, I wanted to take the elevator if it didn't take me so long to get there. Oops. We lost Scott. Of course we did. It wouldn't be podcasting for you with scott we love him though we do love him what do you mean connection loss give me scott back sorry the computer frustrates me when it tells me scott's not there and skype is being weird again because just as the thing popped up to tell that you were calling me that's when the sound came back of course so i haven't actually clicked on anything We'll, we'll play the game. It didn't try to call me back this time, which it usually does. So mm-hmm. I wonder if I should answer it or if that would actually hang up. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer it because it puts the other two on hold. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird. But anyhow, <clears throat> and how's your Firefox going? Are you on? No, you're gone again. Oh, we'll do this again. Where's Skype? Welcome to Potterfix Weekly, where we always lose Scott. <laughs> Duct tape. Where did we put the duct tape? I don't know, but we're going to have to go find it. In all honesty, I think it's just—it's like a Where Waldo thing. It's Where's Scott? <laughs> I don't want to play the Where's Scott game tonight. We're going to be podcasting all night long if we play that game. I know. Yeah, I like to go to bed. Yeah, we should probably... So now it tells me I'm on a call with the three of you, and there's a separate call with the three of you that's on hold. It's confused. And also, Sue is calling me at the same time. Wow. Yep. Busy. (laughs) Sue has multiplied. Oh boy. Well, the world needed three of me. What can I say? Would that be a sign then? Like, or or a you know, two is multiple? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm afraid to know. So we we should probably maybe instead of trying to skim down the chapters, we should just kind of talk about it yeah because otherwise yeah. we'll be here all night because it's nine chapters which was four hours yeah and it took us yeah. an hour to get through the prologue yeah because we we're talking about everything <laughs> well, he we, we were doing okay. a uh, a one shot so yeah all right anyway, well, he's he got a little deal. bit of a disguise himself mm-hmm. he's got a beard and mustache and some new spectacles and he gets to his office and he's trying to the i guess he's got a guy who's sharing his office who is having trouble with his computer or at least being furious with someone on the other end of his computer. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it's emails that this that yeah. Alan Garvey gets. It's pretty funny. No, I thought I think it he's was on the like, forums. he was on like message boards for start something 
Kiki. I can't remember. It's been a while since I read this. Oh, that could be too. So. Mm-hmm. Did we lose Scott? I heard a boom. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so he finds his desk and he meets Alan Garvey and who does first, second, and third floor mouse. And we find out that mm-hmm. uh, Raymond is the history teacher. Is the history teacher, yeah, which is cool. And we find out about the teacher that he's replacing, who was here for was there for a really long time and was a great fellow, but started to get sick recently and now is too sick to actually teach. And that will come up later. Mm-hmm. And so he invites Remus and Dora over to meet the his wife and the other professor on Saturday. But mm-hmm. Remus says, oh, I'm sorry, we have plans. And so, OK, maybe another time. And, uh, yeah, he almost forgets to mention his wife. He's not used to having one. Right. So. And <laughs> this, um, your geeky thing, Heather, is, and I have to love Fern for this because she actually put Star Trek in here for us so we don't have to go find I Star Trek. I thought it reference. was. Yeah. Are you watching Star Trek? We totally have Star Trek mm-hmm. here. And he's on a mailing list. I love Star yeah. Trek as much as any of them, but don't pretend it's possible. There's no such thing as magic. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> he doesn't mm-hmm. really say that, but, you know. Yeah. One yep. might as, well, he He's does actually his... say it. One might as well power a starship on magic as antimatter. And Remus is, mm-hmm. like, humming under his breath. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. How do you know? Uh, you know? One of the characters <laughs> in his uh, bulletin board or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then Remus heads to class, gets there five minutes early, and he's uh, smelling the air and, and just, you know, being excited about being in, in the classroom. And a child comes in, and a small, dark-haired boy, and he says, come on in. And, and the kids are all like, um, sir, shouldn't we turn on the lights? And Remus is like, no, it's sunny. <laughs> They're like, you're weird. But he sits on the front of his desk and starts talking to them. And oh, but I wait, but wait, I love it when he's there and he's in, um, he noticed the chalkboard and he's, Remus made a mental note to check the lower, uh, board before each class and make sure that whatever gang of boys served as, as smelting pranksters hadn't left any questionable messages there. Being friends with James and Sirius had given him some advantages of foreknowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. It's set anyway, with a and blackboard then kind of, you can roll up. And, yeah. 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 Um, we kind of get into this, uh, like how smelting is like, you know, certain rituals that they have to do before class and things like that. And, you know, this isn't, this isn't Snape bounding into the room with the wand waving and the, and the things, but, you know, they're, they're waiting to be told, you know, to do something or, or to have a certain way to answer. And he's just sort of thrown by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll find yeah. out later that they've been taught to take turns, and, and the Hermione of the class has been taught to answer once and let other people have a turn. And he kind of thinks that's a nice thing, but mm-hmm. he'd like, it's not, it's a nice thing for the other kids, but for the kids that know everything, it's kind of really hard for them. So yeah. it's, you know, something. But he's got this They also have this thing it. where they... Say yeah. it again, Scott? And they also have this thing where when they answer a question, they have to stand up beside their desk and he says, um, I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions, so maybe you should just sit down and raise your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's... Uh... So they talk about the Renaissance for a while and the Middle Ages and so forth. And uh, then he has the, the first form class next. He's 
so he's kind of going backwards. That right. class to talk about before the Middle Ages and then up to it. Yeah. Right. And finally, we get to, I think, you know, fifth form, which is, you know, Dudley's group. And um, they're sitting on the uh, on the windowsill and on the low bookcase, you know, and and they're um, they're going to talk about, you know, World War Two. And Pierce just has to make the most like. <sighs> awful like comment i swear it's just like really you know making fun not making fun but it's almost um anti-semitic in in sort of the way he presents it and it's just like this is the kind of people that dudley considers friends so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah he's you know well and it starts off at lunch he finds dudley and pierce picking on some new kids and he they kind of interrupt him and and send the new kids on their way because first they won't tell on dudley and pierce and so and dudley's Mm -hmm. oh we were just showing them around yeah Yeah. and dudley's already you know kind of not happy with him because he's taken over for joe who really liked dudley and kind of gave him extra you know freedom he he, i think he saw that he could do good you know be be a good person and he he was trying to foster the rage that may have been inside of dudley by by putting him on the boxing team right which is a a good thing Mm -hmm. and remus is pretty shocked the first time he sees dudley because he was sitting behind a tree and stands up and He's always just thought, oh, you know, he's Lily's boy. He'll probably look something like that. I'm sure Harry was exaggerating about how big he was. And, uh, no, no, he wasn't. <laughs> Hello, Kelly. Yeah. Hello. Well, well you know, Dudley, Dudley takes after Vernon. It doesn't take, he doesn't take after Petunia. I mean, Petunia was thin and gangly necked and <laughs> like totally opposite mm-hmm. of Dudley. Right. You know, when I read the first description of um, Vernon and Petunia, I couldn't help but think of that old nursery rhyme about yeah, um, yeah. Jack Pratt. Eat no lean, yeah, Jack Pratt could eat no fat, and his wife could eat no lean. I mean, it, it was it's reverse, but that's sort of like always stuck in my head of like the two of them. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. The way it works in the books is he's got Petunia's coloring. He's got the blonde hair and blue eyes, but he's built like Vernon. Right. I never thought that Petunia was in in the book that she was blonde, but um, mm. that's just me. It does say that actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she is blonde, <laughs> but since I've seen the movie so many times, so she she's a brunette now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't like... know, but I can't imagine anyone else but her playing it. Sorry, that's a, uh, you know, she did such a good job at being Petunia, but oh, I yeah. forgive her being that. Now that I've added Kelly, I don't see Scott when we lose him. Scott! Duck tape! You think New Year, something else, something new, something new would happen. Nope, but same old. I don't know, some things don't change. Yeah, poor Scott. You'll have to forgive me, I had to eat and clean, and not in that order. Uh-uh. Eating is generally good, you know. We, we like to maintain. Oh man, I tell you, I'm I'm on the way home, and I'm like, what am I gonna have for dinner? Macaroni and cheese. Oh my god, I gotta have macaroni and cheese. So I came home and I made had... macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no worries. Well, there's nothing wrong with macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Well, and I had I had um I can't remember what I had. What did I have? We had M&M. podcast night burritos. Food. Finish out we got off chapter the... two here, guys, or chapter one. So we got Only on chapter two. two. We're not even on oh, chapter no. two yet. Oh, there she is! What? Oh, we're not yeah, on chapter I was two. Wondering. We're going to go to chapter nine. 
so I put everything on mute and walked away. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, where the heck other went? Got really quiet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, where were we? Remus Jim. has a bit more of a talk with his new friend Alan about various things and how oh he'll get used to the computers because you know they're not going anywhere and yeah. And then he actually has Dudley's class, which is a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like what Dudley says, because he asks about, um, Dudley says that he talked to Mr. Levinson last year about the Nazis. And, and Mr. Levinson is, is Joe, the teacher from the last time. And he says, um, he said that those blokes before Hitler, the er, and he can't, of course, remember who it is. And uh, Remus supplies the Weimar, am I saying that right? Republic? Mm-hmm. And Dudley says, write them. Said they insulted Germans. Couldn't think of anything good to say and treated people like they were stupid. Treat people like that and they get a bit rowdy. Then that psychopathic little twit showed up just when they were in the mood for it. Someone should have pounded that little runt before he got big ideas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Remus is like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> One way to take care of Hitler, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pound the little runt, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And the other guy, uh, another guy, gets up and says, um, "I can't believe I'm agreeing with Dudley, but uh, why didn't somebody just pound him?" Well, and and if you look at the guy's last name, he's German. Yeah, he is Freehoff. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I create like little fact. I like when I I visited Munich. And we took like a bike tour and I forget it was one of the rebellions before things really broke out in World War Two. And um so I was standing in front of this um and it was a statue that was kind of on um I have a picture of it that was on kind of this this uh platform and it was like covered and everything. And apparently Hitler ran across it to get away from the um the mob of people like there there it was I don't know. Anyway, you can take this out too, but it's just kind of interesting how um unrest can either turn into something like the French Revolution or turn into something like the World War like World War Two. It's just interesting what change you know, what when when groups kind of get together and, and that group think can can produce. So Yeah, but Sorry, the difference the difference between yeah. the French Revolution and World War II was French Revolution, you had people that wanted to change their own government, and, and they did by overthrowing yeah. the aristocracy. And then and when you talk about Hitler's and the, and the Germans uh, and the Nazis thinking what they wanted to do, if they didn't want to change their own government, they wanted to rule over everybody else's government, too. Big difference. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I know. And, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like that fine line between genius and insanity. Like, you know, you two kind of similar groups of young people who went in two completely opposite directions of of um, social unrest, you know? And and it's kind of, it, it really, when you kind of compare them, sorry, I'm like, I, I've been reading a lot about like, the French Revolution. Like, there are good things and bad things, good things and bad things about the French Revolution, but on a whole, they were trying, you're right, they were trying to change the um their government and 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 they're trying to find the good in it comparative to you know what the u.s did whereas the 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 germans were hell-bent on revenge for their their poor economy and and world war one and everything else and it's just that unrest is unrest and it, it can it can produce pretty polar results oh sure sure 
Yeah, I did just, but you know, you, you, like I said, it's it's the biggest difference with you talk about why didn't you know this in this class? Why didn't somebody pound Hitler? Because at yeah. the time he was preaching to the choir. These are the people that yeah. they're mad because they lost in in the Great War, and their economy is shot, and you know they think that all the Jews are taking all the jobs, and you know, and it was just it was just the way. And, and he organized them, and then he brainwashed them, and that's yeah. what happened, you know. <laughs> and yes, I understand yeah. that the victors write the history books, but looking back on that, it was like, what were they thinking? Oh my God! I know, you know. Just and it goes back to <laughs> like you think of of there were you know you look at the history books, and I, I distinctly remember learning like they placated him for so long that you, you know mean, you that, mean the other it, powers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. There, there were, like, the, I forget what the treaty name was. It's been a long time since history, but um, I, I was always fascinated by World War Two, just by the, you know, how could this well, happen? You know, how, they, they, they were going to they were gonna let him do what he wanted, and then he said, okay, I've done everything that I want to do. I'm about to, I'm, now I'm going to step over the line. And everybody yeah. was like, no, wait a minute. You can't do You're that. You're allowed to do that. And he, and he yeah. basically said, watch me. Right. Yeah, pretty much. You know, so... That's and and then it just escalated from there. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, they were ready to do what he wanted to do. I mean, think about it like this: what if, what if Saddam Hussein had decided that he wanted to control all of the Middle East? He tried. He tried to invade Kuwait. Yeah, he did invade Kuwait, and he got kicked back out. <laughs> you know, but in in his case, he was like a failed version. <laughs> Of what happened yeah. in World War Two, and and it failed because countries like the United States and Great Britain and Australia and, and they all said, "No, you're not doing this. Stay yeah. in your own, stay in your own sandbox." And not, you know, that's not literal, but you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> but yeah, stay in your own backyard. You know, do anything you want in your on your own property, but don't be thinking that you're going to annex your neighbors. Right. So I okay, off topic. Sorry. It's all right. It works. <laughs> I don't know. I go, to tie it all in. I really did like it when teachers were were like this with kind of open discussion about those topics because it really makes you think. And or having like a prompt like you know compare and contrast World War Two and 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 the French Revolution and you know, it really makes you think of like those sorts of things. I always enjoyed that with my class with my history classes. So mm-hmm. I I had a teacher when I was in high school. Uh, he was the applied psychology teacher, and we did applied psychology for like <clears throat> three weeks out of the entire semester, and the rest of the class time was dedicated to open topic. We talked about everything, yeah. and it was funny because you get a discussion going in the classroom, and you get the that would be standing up one on one side of the class and one on the other and yelling at each other across the classroom. And the teacher's like, no, no, wait, one at a time. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> he wasn't telling me yeah. to sit down and I, shut up. You know what? <laughs> to- I, I totally had that, too. Like, I, I took a psychology class, and it was kind of, we talked about some things, but it was also, like, pretty much a current events class. Because when I was a senior in high school, we were invading Iraq. And we had a week of discussion about about it. And it was just like, I was probably one of the few at that time who said, I don't think it's a good idea. 
and, and all this other stuff. And it was like, I, I had to like defend myself against a lot of people who were against me. I was like, it's a stupid, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I felt like at the time it was a waste of money and that it wasn't where we should be focusing and we needed to find Bin Laden and, and what was Iraq, you know, what, what are these weapons of mass destruction? But I mean, at the time there were a lot, you know, the support was behind that, that invasion, that start of that occupancy. And it was a really interesting discussion that we had. And I'm very, it's one of my life experiences that I'm grateful for that, you know, I did have that opinion then and I did stand up for myself in the class and you know and and right or wrong you know you were still able to walk out of that class I didn't care what other people thought so but it was good to have those discussions right um I don't know if you remember in other news the car from uh, we were curious okay. about from Teddy Lupin shows up <laughs> good segue Scott go for it <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> That's right. First appears apparently. Dora comes in driving it to give him a ride home. Mm-hmm. They finish off their discussion of Holocaust things, and Remus is rearranging his curriculum to match what they're talking about because it really gets going. And there's a mention at one point about Hitler's interest in the occult, and Dudley basically stops participating in class. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It's too but close to magic for him. Remus really can't do anything about him at the moment because he's nowhere near close enough. But what he's heard about his predecessor's sudden illness and such makes him think there might be something up. So they have some stuff to look into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he wants to know where Dora got the car and where on earth she learned how to drive. And we find out it's her dad's car and that he taught her. So yeah. she asked about it. And then classes. we shift on to chapter two. Yay. <clears throat> What a wonderful right we're making here. <laughs> yeah, how many more to go? Twelve. Two. Hush. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Seven. I don't know. We'll see how far we get. Yeah. And we, we may only get through Wait. eight because I forgot about the prologue. I, I have a problem with prologues. So. Mm-hmm. But, so Remus it basically starts... talks a bit about Remus' schedule and how he really has a hard time getting anywhere near doubling. And he's looking through Joe Levison's notes and things about that. He really can't find anything there about Dudley either, except he was. Dis- yeah, and then as soon as he sort of is fed up with trying to figure out that he, you know, Daniel Morris, um, Morris comes, and he is just obsessed with the Renaissance and and everything about it and all of the. Um, you know, all the guts and, and glory of, of everything that happened and, and the Black Plague. And so it kind of gives Remus an idea of something that he'd like to start, you know, and that he would want to start kind of a history club so that, you know, Daniel, who who is the Hermione of the group of the second forms, has a chance to really express his his there for the topic in an open forum instead of, you know, a more parallel forum that the the classes are sort of designed to to be now at uh, Smeltings. I have a question. Okay. Hmm. And you'll have to forgive me because I'm skipping around because I have not read this fic before. <gasps> but I know. Um, we're on chapter two, two. three, right? Well, I two. Skipped, I skipped it. Plus two. Yeah. So we're not we're on hobbies. Yeah. On hobbies? Yes. Okay. I have yeah. to, you, forgive me, I skipped to chapter three and I just, I have a question. All right. And I, hmm. I, we can get to this, you can cut all, cut this part out. Does Dudley know that Remus knows Harry or has he mentioned Harry before? Um, no. 
yeah, we're going to find out that Dudley has a sixth sense when it comes to wizards. Okay, the reason I'm asking is that in the third chapter, he's trying to get into Remus's office. Right. And he says something about, you all think I'm stupid. Right. You, Harry, the woman last year. And and he says, what woman last year? And I'm thinking, why wouldn't you say, who's Harry? Right. He he does say that later. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. I'm just, I just wondered. That, go on. Sorry. <laughs> I just looked at that and I thought, well, that's weird. Why doesn't he say, no, okay. Ooh. Hello, Bonnie. doesn't think Bonnie. quite quickly enough for that. Well, and but anyway. Dudley would pick it up. Yeah. Dudley's not stupid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Back to Levinson's yeah. notes. Hobbies. Yeah. yeah. Hobbies. Mm-hmm. Dora comes by to I... visit and they meet, gets to meet Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they mentioned the thing that they're going to on Saturday. And she's like, thing? Saturday? What? <laughs> oh, right. I forgot to mention that. Sorry, dear. Whoops. Yeah, because Remus changes his mind because he wants to find out more from Joe. Because he's trying to figure out what's going on with Dudley. Mm-hmm. So, and, and she says, oh, no, no plans. Don't worry about it. And so, yeah. yeah. And so she's bringing him Wolfsbane in a thermos for his lunch. <laughs> Yum. She's had a but he's getting Wolfsbane. What, Trisha? I'm sorry. I just got a text from my mom who's now just starting to learn how to text. She goes, I'm really jealous. Train, train with the halftime entertainment at the Orange Bowl. They're sure having a good time. WVU is whooping ass. I'm like, oh my God, did my mom just say whooping ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Gary, when our parents get technology, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's shocking enough that my mom is texting me, but still. Yeah. She just said whooping ass. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Alrighty. So he gets a little thing potion and um they they talk about the the Saturday um dinner, lunch, whatever mm-hmm. they're gonna have. And uh pretty much like they just kinda chat for a little yeah. bit and she heads she out. She wasn't going to get her to come, he's just going to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she couldn't. So the scene changes, and and we're back at number twelve. And Sirius is sullen, but he's been cooking all mm-hmm. day. He made the wonderful lunch, so that's nice. But he left Remus with a mess. Such a nice man. Yes. Well, he doesn't have a lot of experience with a kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but how hard is it he's... to wave your wand and clean it up? I know. Yeah, he's just never that's had to, happened. so he probably didn't think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his whole um, point for doing the cooking was that, you know, well, why'd you do it? And he's like, well, as Snape, Snape never fails to point out, my main position these days is keeping this house. Thought I'd see if I could out Molly Molly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. do very well, as you could see. <laughs> and uh, I have, like, my mom always said when I was... um like baking or doing something, you know, she's like, this isn't a, a restaurant. You have to do the dishes. Someone's not going to just do them for you. Because mm-hmm. I would just, I'm so the type of cook and like baker that I get everything dirty and then I clean it up right. at the end. And uh, she she hated you, that. She's you like, need- can't you just do it all along? I'm like, no. <laughs> you, you know what you need? You need a shoes chef. Mm-hmm. You need a house a what? Mm-hmm. A sous chef. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do need a sous chef. I did say it right because my tongue flipped. Okay. She usually did help out anyway, but she, you know, it was just sort of like her, you know, keep the mess contained. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we always do is sort of start piling the dishes and then the dishes are done after you do the baking and such. But right. Yeah. I do try and use as few 
pots or bowls or whatever as I can for whatever recipe it is. I will have to wash it. Now, see, pots and bowls are fine, but I'll use every spoon in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love. I, I have tons of kitchen utensils, so I'll use everything. It's like I got stuff piled all over the place. I usually oh, have a dear. bowl. I have a. I. I have discovered, you know, listening to Food Network is a good idea, and I will have a thank you for coming bowl, mm-hmm. which is the bowl <laughs> that you pile. It's they call it thank you for coming bowl, and it's a bowl that you pile all the, the garbage in, the the empty cans and the wrappers. And and yep. I love it. I love it. You have watched far too much Secrets of a Restaurant Chef. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm reading the Cook Like a Rock Star right now. That's why she called this. Uh-huh. Thank you for coming. Yes. <laughs> is it a good book? It is. Yeah. It's got a lot of cool stuff in it that I want to try. Cool. Well, you can send recipes to Reven- or to Sirius and you guys can compare. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to yeah. convert them to English. <laughs> That'd be fun. I wonder if Fern would want to do that. And uh, so, Q&A with the characters. <laughs> well, she kind of does do that in in her her her, head. her blog. Mm-hmm. Well, no, like she'll mm-hmm. ask for like call for questions or like little thicklets that she'll write when she has um writer's block. So, mm-hmm. so we f- <clears throat> find out we Sirius is in a bad mood and he's been cooking. He wants to do something and he's bored. Through the flu comes uh, a message. And it says that they need a guard for that night. Molly can't do it. Arthur can't do it. Everybody's out. And can Remus do it? Conveniently forgetting that it's almost the full moon. And Sirius is like, I'll go. I'll go. They're like, no, 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 no. So it just makes Sirius feel all the worse that he can't go. And Yeah, I have, you have to feel bad. I mean, well, it happens to be tough. It, you see everybody else doing it and you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. but at the same time. You know, if you're on the lamb, no matter if you're the, the the authorities think that you are guilty, and if they see you, you're going to go back to the slammer. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, true. You know, and and even if it's just wandering through the Ministry of Magic, gee, I wonder <laughs> if we have any wanted posters hanging around here. Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just I check. Uh, you know what? I could tell them to take it the wanted picture, pictures and put like a mustache on themselves. And oh uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And I actually jumped the in. Prophet would myself. have a field day, though. Wanted convict discovered in lower levels of ministry. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> News yeah. at 11. Oh. <laughs> oh. Gosh. You jumped ahead of yourself. Yeah. They're actually just talking about Voldemort coming right now and about the, the different people guarding it, but he hasn't actually been called in to guard it yet. That yeah. must be coming up yeah. in a chapter. Sirius keeps coming up with ideas of what he could do. You know, he could sit and watch on the thing, or, hey, he could follow Snape to a meeting and, you know, curse a few people. Snape, too, just collect- for, you know, preserve his cover. Right. Yeah. He can <laughs> collect chocolate frog cards, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's what yeah. Tonks tells him to do. Yeah. They should have just given him a few other places to hide so he doesn't have to stay at Grimmauld Place all the time. That's true. But, yeah, that's oh true, well. too. Anyway, so they, they do talk about Harry, and they, they talk about their life they when they were at talking Hogwarts. about Harry's love love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think he fancies, Ginny? <laughs> and they ask about Hermione and Harry. Like, mm-hmm. I like brother and sister. Yeah, that doesn't work. He likes that. that and weren't you watching girl. closely this summer? <laughs> so they talk and, and, late, late into the night. And uh, at one point, Dora left and then abruptly came back with a, a camera, a little cardboard camera. 
So they're going to take pictures of them posing all around the house so Remus can have pictures of his wife to put up at school. Remus isn't sure about this at all. Mm-hmm. And they do it with various different ages and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're trying to get their story straight so she'll have something to talk about on Saturday. How yeah. long have they been married? When did they meet? And all of that stuff. How'd they do it? So this whole scene, like, I just happened to be listening to one of the old Odyssey uh, Quickly podcasts, and it, it, it was... um. Ryan was talking about a, a photo shoot with Jen, and it's like, it's like, whenever she was directing them, I could just see serious. Like, do this, do this, no file, no, you know, like <laughs> stand back to back and hold your hands palm to palm, and then turn around and look at each other without breaking the eye contact. <laughs> Ryan's like, Danielle yes. looks beautiful, and I've got a dislocated shoulder now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Work it, work it, work it. Yes. No, so you're not. The best Don't forget you're, they get you're not supposed to fall off the they... cliff. Come back up here. Yeah. Whoops. Say it again, Scott. Apparently, the best picture they get is after they think they're done or they're on a break and they're just looking at a book and um, turn to look at each other or something and he takes a picture. Yeah. Yeah. She laughs and kisses his temple and, and kind of stretches. Oh, yeah, she's stretching. Yeah. yeah. He wonders if morphing hurts her, makes her bones ache, like he, his do after he changes. And then they run out of film. Oh, darn. Aw. Sirius was having a great time. She drops off the photos uh, the next day, so they'll be developed soon, and brings the uh, Wolfsbane potion, which actually has a mild calming drought in it, and it makes him even tireder because they were up almost all night. <laughs> Poor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and seeing him like that kind of worries the boys because that's how they were seeing Joe. I cannot remember his last name is Levinston. Yeah, Levinston. Levinson. Levinson. No, no I, tea. I'm going with Joe. I can say that one. That and works. So he's channeling Ryan. I'm sorry. I don't know what their names are, but I'm going to give them names. Okay, we're going to call him Joe. But uh, he, you know, they see him looking pale and tired and stuff, and they're thinking about Joe, and they're worried that he's getting sick too. So. Yeah. And apparently, Dudley doesn't trust him, thinks he's hiding something. Yeah. And he's going to find He's going to find out. He's going to find out something about him. He's dead set on it. And, and this is where Remus walks into him, picking the lock on the door, right. just as he's coming back. Yeah. Is there something I can help you with, Mr. Dursley? And he, we find it's out... It's a bit easier to open with a key. Yeah. yeah. I was expecting Dudley to be able to pick a lock a lot easier than us. No, no, he's more of a brute force kind of guy. Yeah. Break the lock, yeah, yes. Yeah. Pick it, not so much. Yeah. If he could get away with breaking it, that's what he would have done. I mean, think about it. His computer game wouldn't mm-hmm. work properly, so he broke his computer. Chucked it through <laughs> the living room window or whatever it was. Yep. Right. Did he throw it out a window or something? Yeah, I think he did. On the second floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, dear. Not that we haven't all so wanted to do that issues. sometimes. But. <laughs> yes. Good computer. Good computer. <clears throat> you are recording, right? <laughs> I think so. So am I. So <laughs> you can at least get what I'm It'll talking about, even if nobody else. Joined <laughs> be a little Scott. awkward though. Yeah, we'll have Scott talking to himself. It'll be great fun. Every once in a while, he'll burst into song and mutter when he gets dropped, and nobody will know what's going on. <laughs> yep. so. Absolutely. Yeah. Moving along. So Remus says it's much easier if you just open it with a key, but you know, whatever. And Dudley 
you know, says, you people think I'm stupid. And, and Remus like, excuse me, <laughs> I know it's in there somewhere. You carry it in that ratty beef briefcase, don't you? He's looking for the wand. And Remus is playing really dumb. And again, he says, and like Kelly said earlier, you people think I'm stupid. You, Harry, that woman last year, you think I'm stupid. That's a mistake. And Remus cues in on the woman last year immediately. Who? Who do you mean? And, you know, he's like, I'm not stupid. And he starts to leave. And so Remus gives him detention for attempted breaking and entering. And yeah, I've got boxing practice. <laughs> not anymore, you don't. And his mm -hmm. parting shot is, 10 of you wouldn't be worth Mr. Levinson. And yeah. Remus is like, I, I don't want to replace him. I, I'm not trying to be him. And so Dudley knows. Dudley has a sixth sense. Dudley's got something. Dudley knows that he's magical. And he's fishing a little bit, yeah. but he knows. And he says, don't worry, I won't he's tell anyone. Him, but but he's not 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, so this has got Remus fizzing now. He really... He's trying to think who can possibly be this woman who could he have met. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it can't be Ginny. It can't be any of the other, you know, it would be Hermione. What's going on? So, mm -hmm. and he had, you know, planned on taking a nap, but now Dudley's got him all worked up. So that's not going to happen. And he wants to apparate home, but that won't work either. Because if somebody notices he didn't leave out of a locked room, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so he has to walk into the woods first. Yeah, and of course he gets home to Sirius and his mom having a fight. He says, tell me the truth. Do you open those curtains just so you guys can yell at each other? And Sirius is like, I was bored. <laughs> I was bored. Yeah, he didn't mm -hmm. really say that, but that's what he meant. So. Like, you realize you're not actually going to change your mind because it's a portrait. It's going to stay exactly the way she was when they made the portrait. Yeah. And, uh, you could always talk to Phineas the Jones. You know how much he'd like that. That would be nice. Oh, I you know. I got new more RAM. I thought that would help so much for helping. It's not the RAM. It's the connection. So, speaking of RAM, how do you like the more RAM? I don't know. I can't tell the difference. Oh. I, <laughs> the first time you mentioned oh. that you'd got some for Christmas, I was thinking like the sheep. <laughs> Sue got a RAM. Okay. Oh, wait. <laughs> Sue's a chicken farmer, not a, not a sheep farmer. You know, she's had a goat before. But, you know. Yeah. That's true. She has had a goat before. I could do RAM with my alpacas. But we find that Dung and Kingsley have shown up for dinner. So Sirius is happy he's got company. And after he leaves, then they can talk about the assignment because Dung's not cleared. He doesn't have clearance for that, which is probably a Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you don't really want him to know much. No. And so Remus lets Not out so that much. Dudley has figured out somewhere, somehow, or at least suspects that he's a wizard. And Kingsley's kind of surprised because Harry and the Weasleys all say he's just a dumb stick. But mm -hmm. nope. I don't think he's a dumb stick. I think he's a dangerous. I think he's a dangerous one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's clever. He's just. Not he's just brute, brute force clever, mm -hmm. and that's dangerous. He's so. thick with it, you know. He's mm -hmm. yeah. He knows his strength. He He'd knows he can bully people, but he only bullies people that are smaller than he is. Right. Mm -hmm. He'd never make a Ravenclaw, but he'd probably make a better Slytherin than some of the actual Slytherins of the books. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, he would be a, definitely be a He knows how to work situations to his advantage. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they kind of run through all the women that could possibly be the one that approached Dudley and try to figure out, you know, Bella's in prison still, so it can't be her. I suppose it could have been somebody polyjuiced. What about Narcissa? Mm-hmm. So, and they pretty much don't really know, but... 
we uh, find and out. And oh, by the way, Kingsley's got photos. Yeah. <laughs> There's just one. The one candid shot is this great one. Yeah. He was asleep and she just woke him up. Yeah. Goosing off. And it was candid. It wasn't posed. And that's kind of what made it special, too. And this is the first time Remus has realized that they really look like a married couple. Yeah. Say it again, Trisha. Those are the ones that are the best. Right. <laughs> and we move on to Friday at school, which just sort of passes. Yeah, it's unremarkable. Except for their minor discussion of bubonic plague, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just the plague, so... <laughs> Remus says, you know, actually, you're working on the stuff that happens after the plague. He's, but the plague, interesting stuff. He's enthralled, this kid. <laughs> he likes the so gory that's stuff. That's the idea of, well, I guess not quite, but another of the seeds of having an extra club. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a few paragraphs down here, thinks about it. Yeah, for the smarter kids. And when he gets back home, Dora's there because she's on desk duty and she got to take her duty home because she's trying to figure out where Sirius is. And Sirius is I've been spotted in Buenos Aires and Boston and Jakarta this week. Jakarta, yes. When I get cleared, Buckbeak and I are going to go to all these different places where supposedly I've been. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Could be fun. Wow, that's you know, like a map. Well, a series of pictures. <laughs> Everybody at once. Okay, go Scott, then Kelly, then Trisha, because that's the order you are in my Skype. Okay. I could see him going and taking a series of those tourist pictures, you know. Oh, look, it's Sirius and Buckbeak in front of the pyramids. Oh, here's Sirius and Buckbeak in front of the plains of Argentina. All of this stuff. Yeah, that's good. Kelly. Here they are in Patagonia. No, I just think it's funny. It's like Buenos Aires, Boston, and Jakarta. Boy, that's really jumping around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they just don't understand geography at all. <laughs> Why? Well, no, because you're right. I it's mean, a lot of jumping around, and I'm like, I'm wondering if geography is just not a yeah. A, no, a I mean, look how many places, people. Look yeah. how many places people think Elvis is. I mean, yeah, for crying out loud, <laughs> it's different people seeing him in different places. It's not you know. Yeah. So they They're don't necessarily think he's been in all of those places. Elvis is dead. It's just that somebody said they saw him here and there and somewhere else. So yeah, he could be in any and one of knows. those places, but not all three kind of a thing. Yeah. Right, just like one of know, those Elvis really stubby in, in New Zealand mm-hmm. or Winnipeg, running a quick chop. <laughs> If you listen to one of the, uh, now I don't know if it's actually in the canon or just in this person's fanfic, but I was reading a crossover with one of those vampire series, and apparently Elvis is actually an amnesiac vampire in, um, uh, oh, I forget where it was. No, the that's South in, um, <laughs> that is, that's in, uh, the Sookie Stack, Stackhouse, uh, Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. He's a vampire I have named to tell you. Formerly Elvis. I, I have to tell you that I actually wrote a fanfic for Stargate that had Elvis in it. Did you? And, and yeah, no, yep. he had been <laughs> he had been abducted by the Asgard because uh. they loved him, and so they staged his death and they took him away. And he had been on tour and all the, all the Asgard worlds, and had decided that he needed to retire on Earth, so he came back to the Stargate, back to Earth, and they're like, you know, this seventy four year old. Man comes through with a white sequin suit on, and they're like, "Who the hell are you?" And he's like, "Who do you think I am?" And they're like, "No, you're dead." He says, "No, I'm not. I just been on tour." Star <laughs> tour. I'll have to That's find like it for you. Version. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to find it. It's it's very short, but it it's funny. <laughs> Sorry, Stargate. <laughs> Trisha, did you have something to add to mm-hmm. this conversation? Thank you. No, thank you very much. Okay, I'm sorry. 
That's all right. So they're, they get back to uh, number 12, and Dora is framing the pictures. Sirius is making frames for the pictures so that he has something to put up there. And then they're going to go to the Garveys on the next day. So she's going to borrow Dad's car and pick him up somewhere neutral and drive him over there. And that should be fun. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Narcissa is visiting Andromeda. Oh, boy. Out of the pure love in her heart. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? (laughs) It's not too late. You can still walk away and give up on these uh, muggles. Be accepted in decent company. Because they think she knows where Sirius is. Mm -hmm. Well, they would almost be right. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost right. But then we get ready for the Garveys. We're going to change scenes and we're going to go to the Garveys, which I thought was a great little interlude here. Remus is waiting for her to show up. And of course, she's late. So he's wondering if he's got the right day or if she's got the right day. And finally, she comes mm-hmm. by and honks at him and pulls him in. And uh, she says, watch your, watch your Remus. And then somebody in the back seat says the same thing. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and Ted's there. It's Ted. Yay, Ted's there. <laughs> And they're going to drop him off at the museum to while away some time because Narcissa wants to talk to Andromeda alone. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was an interesting detail that Ted actually looks younger than Remus because Remus has all his extra gray hair and lines from trauma, basically. Mm-hmm. And Remus is like, um, is it safe to leave her alone with Narcissa? And Ted says, well, she's bound in the house. And he wants to know what that means. And I love this little thing. And Ted says, if the aura is present, would start humming. And Dora starts humming so she can't hear. Yeah. Um, we find out that Andromeda has learned a thing or two from her parents. And she's used a blood spell to bind her sisters. And as within the confines of the house, they can't shoot any spells at her. Of course, they can't shoot any back at Narcissa either. But there you go. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. And Ted's a bit of a seer. Although yep. he's a lot like Ron and keeps seeing a Chudley Cannons win. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just made me like cheer. <laughs> Why did I think that Ted was a muggle? He's a muggle born. Yeah, okay. he's a muggle born. That's but, why Nymphadora's uh, mom was it's banned from the has been banished right. from the tree. Yeah. Right, because she married a muggle born. Not a I muggle. just like how he says he goes. It goes. I prefer to call it right good gather. Mm-hmm. It's the and most he, uselessly he amusing right. thing he owns. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. But it doesn't apply to Quidditch championships, apparently. Apparently not. And he starts taking the Mickey out of Remus, and he's like, "Well, you know, I'm going to have to hate you now. Sacred duty as a father, and all. Now that you're married to Dora. <laughs> mm-hmm. Naturally. Yeah. And Dora's like, you know, he's joking, I, right? I like how she. You like how she. And he says. Trisha. Trisha. Yeah. <clears throat> you like how she. Oh, I, I just like how she's like kind of like, oh, I really like him. But you can tell like she likes him and because she's trying to like, but my dad's only kidding. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. You know that? Dad, tell him you're kidding kind of thing. I, like, right. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, obvious. Apparently the, the real reason Ted came along is because Andromeda wants to pass on her concern about Sirius to as many people who, of course, have no contact with him whatsoever as humanly possible. And Riva says, yeah, I'll be sure to tell the thin air in the house I live in alone when I get home this evening. Yep. <laughs> so they drop him off at the museum and then they head on to the Garveys. And she's got a, a nice little uh, flower-sewn hat thing. Mm-hmm. That a shapeless cloth hat with a plastic flower sewn into the band that she borrowed from Arabella Fig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a bonnet. 
Yeah, apparently. And she thought it was perfect for the character, and he says, oh, yeah, you just wanted to wear a funny hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're chatting in the car before they get out, and uh, Alan knocks on the window and says, are, are you guys going to come out, or shall I just find a privacy screen for you? And he's like, hmm, can I think about that? <laughs> they go in, and she goes to hug him, and then... Uh, he oh, actually she hugs him and he pats her bottom and she jumps back mm-hmm. and falls. Funk, Dora fashion. Yes. Well, what would you do if somebody patted your bottom? You weren't expecting it. I'm a yeah, married I woman. I do the same thing. Do you do you get patted on the bottom a lot, Trisha? I have got patted on the bottom when I would least expect it. Uh, the things we find out about you. Yeah, I know. It's not. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Poor Trisha. But yes, they go in to meet Anna, yes. shake everybody's hands. And Miriam and Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe wants to find out. And Joe is not looking too great, but he is alert and, you know. Yeah. And they, talks and the women, the other women kind of go off into the kitchen. And so Joe and Remus could talk. And we find out that Joe kind of stood up to Dudley. He got into a fight because of him. And we find out a little bit more about that other woman that Dudley mentioned. Not much, but... He says that he, uh, you know, that, well, first they talk about him kind of getting into wrestling and trying to get him going. Um, and, of course, the women interrogate Tonks. But Joe, of course. Talks, trying to find it, I, of course, jumped ahead again. Mm-hmm. I read it and I remember things, but I'm, I'm remembering them out of order. Mm-hmm. And they commiserate about students in general for a while. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, Goyle's mother wrote in and uh, accused him of giving... Or Gregory low marks because of unfounded rumors and, you know, it can't possibly be because he put no effort in on the tests or anything. Right. It's not, can't be it. Right. Because yeah. he's a smartest And they talk about Daniel Morris mm-hmm. when he brings up his idea of having a history club. Right. And that's a good idea. He can, but he won't be around very long, so he's not sure if he'll be able to pull it together. So, then they talk about the pub fight, and, you know, isn't that against the rules? Well, I was defending a student, Mr. Dursley, as a matter of fact. And we find out that the boys snuck away from their rooms and found a bar, and he found Dudley with a woman three times his age, and he could tell that she'd slipped him something, which, and he's, of course, thinking of a, a drug, and we probably know that she magicked him rather than drugged him, so... There was a little fellow who told him to saw it off and picked a fight on her behalf. And we figured that once Peter knocked him out cold, I'll have you know. But by the end of the night, I was burning up and I thought maybe one of them slipped me something. But my blood work is fine. Nothing strange. Must have been a coincidence. So we know that we know it's not a coincidence and that it had something to do with those two. But we don't know yet what it is. And we know he's not any worse since he left school, but he's not getting better either. He's got dragon talk you think? <laughs> never thought of that. Okay. I never thought of Dragon Box. You would think I would think of that, but no, I did not. Well, what does it do to a, you know, well, what, what does it do, it do to a muggle? What does it, what, what it do to a muggle? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure they can even get it. It might just be a magical thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe. Considering the stories we've read, it involves people turning green and such, though. I think it'd be a bit yeah, more Yeah, that's awful. true. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the twins had a little help in I've that. I've been green. Have you been green? Yes, yes you, have. you have. been green. <laughs> that was wrong. That's what was wrong with me. I ha- I had dragon ball. See, uh, I'm not even And here, I just thought you were drunk. Oh, that too. That helps. 
Oh yeah, that's such good Hufflepuff. Yeah, and Remus is they get back to the bookstore. This Remus is heading home, and they talk about whether or not he could transform at Grim Old Place. But he doesn't want to risk it. There's too many people in and out who can't turn into an animal and right. stuff. So he's going to go to a mm-hmm. shack, he knows. And so she yeah, says, in Fernwithy's universe, mm-hmm. there the, there's this whole network of werewolf transforming shacks that mm-hmm. people can go to and stuff like that. Yeah. Like a cage. Some of Put her other stories in. are more about the werewolf backstory and things like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah, it's really good. He won't let Sirius come either because he doesn't want Sirius to get caught. So he's going to go transform alone. Yeah. And we're Which is on. just wonderful for and him, of course. Yeah. And if everybody's going, mm-hmm. no, no. And it's like, you know what? It's okay. He understands that you're worried about him. It's mm-hmm. all right. It's not like he's going to go do this and he's never, you know, he's all alone in the world. No, it's not the case. Yeah, they'll be back for him, stuff okay. like that. But by the time he gets back to Grimmel Place, there's a letter from Harry. Yeah, Hedwig nips his cheek and then goes back to Sirius's side, leans over the parchment like she's reading it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, we have the, the letter that Harry wrote. Dear Snuffles, hope you're okay. The first week back has been terrible. I'm really glad it's the weekend. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, that doesn't sound he's good. He's reporting about Umbridge. Mm-hmm. We've got a new defense yeah. against the dark arts teacher, Professor Umbridge. She's nearly as nice as your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And Remus is like, Umbridge is teaching? Bloody woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is when I when I see it, I can see like, okay, this is like you going through the book, or like, oh, this is the other side when they get the thing. You know how he said Remus doesn't even say very nice things about her when he's in the fireplace yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. So, I have I to like, say that up until we found out, up until we found out that it was no, we don't know that yet. Up until they found out that it was like the two women, I really thought it was Umbridge who was somehow. Uh, affected uh, Dudley and um, Joe. And then it, it was clear that it wasn't her. But it, it was definitely one of those red herrings. I was like, maybe, maybe this, well, could, this no, could be they, her. No, they don't know Peter's they don't know Peter's alive. Yeah. Because the minute no, anybody wait. knows Peter's alive, Sirius is free. Right, but we're making assumptions here that it's Peter. She never mentions right. Peter. It's just some small dude. So it could be right. Umbridge with some small dude. It was just right, me, right. me making assumptions that it's Peter. So well, it just be Umbridge is looking like a small dude. Umbridge looks like a small dude. I don't think the pink would pass for a dude. No, <laughs> maybe, but probably not. But she's a little occupied at Hogwarts. You don't know. Years, I know some so. dudes that would wear pink. Well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go West Virginia. Anyhow. So they're they're bashing Umbridge pretty bad because you know they're talking about how she's Master Junior she's, just bashed everybody else. Boo! Watch the football game. <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about this law that Umbridge pushed through after the third year. So basically, werewolves can't work anywhere. And right. Yeah, Remus is not impressed with this whole thing because he could have stood it if she just said, you know. Remus Lupin is obviously irresponsible and shouldn't be allowed to teach, but she's put it through so it's every werewolf. Right, all of them. Can't do a thing. And she's after the Mm -hmm. mirror people and, and, you know, everything else. Well, you know, look at the, what she did with the centaurs. I mean, Uh you know, she's... Yeah, she's not happy with any of them. Well, no. 
They're all subhuman. Gee, I wonder if she's related to Hitler. Because <laughs> Hitler thought the Jews and the gypsies were subhuman, mm-hmm. too. Well, maybe. A descendant. A long-lost relative. Mm-hmm. Uh, an avid admirer. Ooh, yeah, there you go. So Harry finishes out his letter. She's nearly as nice as your mom. Uh, I'm writing because of that thing I wrote to you about last summer happened again last night when I was doing detention with Umbridge. We're all missing our biggest friend. We'll hope he'll be back soon. Please write back quickly. Best, Harry. And so they talk about, is that the scar? Yeah, that's the only thing he sent me about last year. Mm-hmm. And then they say, he did a pretty good job, you know, disguising this letter. And yeah, he's a natural. Writing in code. <laughs> so we find out that Sirius is seriously considering sticking his head in the fireplace and talking to him instead of just writing him back. Because he can't be fussed to actually come up with a good enough code to write back. And just be so much easier <laughs> well, to considering that in the fire. Well, considering that it's the snuffles, it's kind of, you know, woof, 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 arf, arf. <laughs> Yeah. Don't get all choked up. Yeah, poor Kelly. This is where the owl comes through, and they need somebody to go to guard duty. Mm -hmm. And and Remus replies, not Remus, but Sirius replies, I'll go. Me, 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 pick me. If you get caught, then you don't have an excuse. If I get caught, I can say I got mixed up, that this full moon, I thought the full moon was was earlier and I went in for my voluntarily my voluntary testing and I got turned around. It's a thin excuse, but you know, at least it's better than nothing. Even Molly's mm-hmm. is, is a thin, you know, but they have to be able to disprove it and they can. Yeah. So off he goes and he's got coordinates at the bottom of Kingsley's notes. And Kingsley's waiting for him right there. So and and Remus is like, Are you nuts? You know, you might have somebody could have intercepted that. He's like, yeah, only a werewolf could have read it. I charmed it in such a way. I mean, there's not very many werewolves who would likely have been able to get a hold of it. So I think you're okay. And mm-hmm. So they talk a bit about Sirius. W- Go ahead. I like that otherwise anybody else who looked at it would have seen their expense, expense report from Ollivanders for two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they came up with that, but apparently the Auras have an account with Ollivanders, I guess. Apparently. <laughs> Ted and Andromeda are worried about Sirius' state of mind, and Kingsley understands, but we're in a war, and there's nothing we can do about that right now. He's mm-hmm. off to guard duty. And Remus has a small plot. He says, uh, Monday evening, do you think maybe Dora could be off duty and you could be assigned to watch Andromeda and Ted's place? And, yeah. yeah. He wants to get Sirius some outside socialization. He's up all night. He's barely... Barely awake enough to get into the Aura's headquarters. Dora gets him some potion and says, you need to sleep. And he's like, i got to get out to the moors. I've got to strengthen the, the cabin I'm going to be in so I can't get out and all of that. She says, well, I'll go help you. And even though he doesn't want her to, he's stupidly told her where the shack is. So off she goes. <laughs> and she's you get, you get stupid when you're tired. Yeah, you do. But she gets I'm trying to, to say something. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I, 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 you get, you were? Never mind. You said you get stupid when you're tired. I was like, are you trying to, to, to say something about, and it, it was wrong. Cause I'm right now, I'm feeling really stupid cause I'm tired. Aww. Lateness? Aww. No. You, you two are welcome to I mean, drop. I'm getting tired, but no, I, like, I, um, I think I might drop. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just, 
I'm, I'm exhausted. I've been, so. Yeah, well, I, I know how late it is for you guys, so. I understand, so am I. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. Shall we finish out this All chapter? Right. I, I just want to finish. I just yeah. want to finish. What chapter are we on? I got lost. Um, <laughs> I think we're on five. Yeah, uh, we're on four. Okay, that's the one I thought we were on. No, we're on four. Oh, okay. Guardian, right? Yeah, we can finish yep. this chapter. So we'll finish it. Get it out. So she's she's engorging the boards on the bottom of the shack and swelling them into the earth so that he can't dig under them. And he's you know half asleep in the in the shack and he can feel the charms digging into the earth. He's he's like, well, that's kind of weird. I can feel this happening. So kisses her fingertips and then he thinks, ooh, I shouldn't have done that because of course his appetite during the full moon isn't just for attacking people. Bow, bow, chicka, bow, wow. Food. Yeah. <laughs> the different kind of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he becomes more physically affectionate near the moon, but he knows better He's than just a big puppy, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> Not so much. I no. think we, um, did, did we miss, I don't know if I kind of somewhat fell asleep, did we miss that, um, that he makes the suggestion that they should teach her how to make with spank? No, Snape's taught her how to make wolf's mane, but he'd like her to teach him how to do it. Because she's the one making the wolf's mane now. Okay, yes, That right. was in an earlier Rainbow. chapter. Okay. We did kind of skim over that. But mm-hmm. That's how she has it all the time to bring to him, because she learned how to do it, and not even Snape could tell her she was bad at it. So Go on. Yeah, if she can pass the Snape test, then she must be doing okay. Yeah. yeah. And so she's... Heading off, and he's drunk his potion and is, right, you know, sitting under the skylight because he'd much rather transform fast than slow. Slow is just more agony, so he might as well just get it done with as quick as possible. Get it done and over with, yeah. I find it interesting how she definitely detaches the wolf. Like, the wolf is a, like, um, it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of a scenario where the wolf is something that it's not him so she kind of like you know pointedly calls it the wolf and it, it's really called like that for for him and for the other werewolves that we learn about later on in, in the other stories that they, they they try and separate it from the humanity that's in them versus someone like what's his face Grayback. Grayback. Thank you. I was thinking Grayback, but I wasn't sure. Who almost embraces the wolf and has that has, and, and puts his humanity in the monster that he becomes once a month. Yeah. Or the, the monster is a part of his is yeah. part of his human form. There's no there there's no division between the two. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. If he could be a wolf all the time, he would be. He would be. Except for it makes it harder to wield a wand. But yeah. Grayback isn't very good with a wand anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, does he even have a wand? I'm not sure. Yeah, he uh, got Ginny's wand away from her in the uh, movie version that was cut, the scene that was cut. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm not sure if it says in the cabin whether he he's a fully-fledged wizard that way or not. Uh, I would imagine he sure. would be. I mean, he's not a Death Eater, but right. I don't think he's a wandless wizard either. Yeah. It's not like he's a squid. No, no, he's got no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read other fics 
where uh, Remus is resented among the werewolf community because he's one of the few who uh, really went to Hogwarts and got proper wizard training and all of that and has a wand because mm-hmm. most of them weren't allowed to go to school because they were werewolves. Uh-huh. But yeah. that's a fix thing. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think going to school. I understand that. That's necessarily more realistic. I don't think going to school necessarily tells you whether or not you get a wand. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know they could have been fully trained wizards before they got bit too. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's bit as a child like Remus was. That's so. true. There's that. So we're yeah. getting ready to start chapter five, and I think we're going to be saying goodbye to Trisha and Heather. East Coast. Is, is that true? Yeah. You guys going to go? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Good night, ladies. Thank you for Good stepping night. in, Heather, at the last minute. No problem. We'll see you in a I wish weeks. I was a little... I, I'll be back in a couple weeks. I promise I'll be much more prepared with better talking points. I was just sort of lying. On remembering on what happened, so sorry. I know. I'm jumping around. I, I mean, I've read, yeah, I've read this thing like four or five times. I still, I can't remember everything. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need a good skim. This is basically what I'm doing too. I had no idea what chapters we were even supposed to be looking at before because I haven't been here. I literally got back 20 minutes before we started podcast. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I contacted Heather an hour before we started and said, "That's sick. Can you come on?" So. Sure. She wasn't very prepared either, just because it was the last minute thing. But yes, that thank you. Weird. You're welcome. Death is sick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, no, my line earlier to people is, "Death is near death." <laughs> really? I thought oh, it was funny. Boy. I hope it's not that Away from himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he just sounds science affection. Uh, well, he had a high fever apparently, and oh, now he's sneezing. So. Oh yeah, I well, did read that. Hope he gets better soon. Yeah, hopefully he'll be better before this comes out. <laughs> yeah, especially God, given I our so. uh, turnaround rate. <laughs> in a year. So, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, if he's not Have better in a year, you? we'll just start, start calling him Joe. We'll start calling Good him time. Death Warmed Over. Okay, I'll be good now. <clears throat> good night, guys. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Good night. Look at that. They did it both at the same time. Chapter 5. Interlude number 1. If I can get the page to actually open. I should know better than to try and load anything else while we're doing um, podcasting things because now it's showing me that page and refusing to go back to the other one. But I have to tell you that you you both sound much better now. I'm sure. Mm, yeah. I went from, no, it, it went from like telephone quality to CD quality. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, like went from mono to stereo with less people on the line. I mean, just that in that short period of time. Maybe I should start podcasting from the upstairs room and being plugged into the... Would that help to be plugged into the router? Yes. Maybe. All right, we'll start I mean, I don't want you to, you know, like freeze or broil or anything, but probably. Yeah, I'll freeze, but that's okay. I freeze over here anyhow. Do, I, do I, do I need to buy to you snag a, to- a a blanket tonight instead of a towel? So that's that's much better. Oh, yeah. So do I need to purchase you a heated throw so that she can podcast? <laughs> Maybe get one with the Potterfic Weekly logo on it. Ooh. No, no, no. Aww. <laughs> I don't think they make them. No, I mean they do make heated heated blankets that are throws. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose Cafe Press probably doesn't access those. They just do T-shirts. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would be a little bit pricey for Cafe Quest. There's a um, space heater up there. If it didn't make too much noise, I could use that. 
So. You can always try it. See, yeah. do a test or podcast or something. The the chair up there is much more comfortable than the chair I'm sitting in now. So you could turn it on yeah, for an hour before you go up and then turn it off mm-hmm. and close the door or something. Yeah. Although we hate to leave those heaters alone with nobody up there. Yeah, but it would only be for like an hour and then you'd shut it off. Right. That's kind of what we had to do for um, our hotel room for the Edmonton Lake. We were um, we were in there when we, we first got in. It was at it was really quite warm for indoors. It was uh, probably 74, 75, something like that. I'm trying to translate in my head, but um, what we and it turns out that the their heating and cooling system is very slow. So every time we tried to turn it down, it would just pop back to showing that the current temperature and nothing would seem to make any difference. So eventually we had to turn on the air conditioning, even though it's the middle of winter, and go away. And when we came back several months later, it was five degrees cooler Celsius, so seven or eight Fahrenheit. I suppose. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well. That's, that's almost like the, we made when it. I was at school. We had steam radiators. Mm-hmm. In the dorm, we didn't have electric. Yeah, we, we had, we had steam, and you know, with mm-hmm. a very large building, you could hear the hot water coming because you, it was kind of like somebody was banging on the pipe with a hammer because the pipe was expanding, yep. mm-hmm. and you could hear it coming from all the way down to the end of boom, 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 the building. Oh, in order to get the room so that you wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night, you know, drenched in sweat, we would turn it all the way on to fill up the radiator and then turn it all the way off, screw it through it all the way back down again, and then crack it. And that was the that's perfect temperature. Otherwise, you had to go to sleep with the window open, you know, when it's like 10 degrees above zero or, you know, like like 12, minus 12 C and <laughs> and hope that yeah. you wouldn't have icicles hanging off your nose by the time you woke up. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It's just the heat was just horrible. We didn't have air conditioning. We had fans. Yeah. And it was annoying too, because um, uh-huh. even uh, now I'm going to on about my first dorm because it's the same kind of thing. But um, <laughs> even in the middle of winter, uh, the inside might be perfectly fine, and you wouldn't want to do anything. But you had to turn the radiator on at least a little, otherwise the pipes would freeze. Right. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. No, but, we didn't have the problem with oh, pipes well. freeze, not, not mm-hmm. at all. But it was funny because you could the first, you know, you had freshmen in there, and I'd never had a steam radiator before. You know, so for like two weeks, we couldn't figure out how to work it so that we wouldn't be melting in the middle of the night. And, and it would keep us up because of the hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. hear it coming. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry>. yeah. <laughs> oh, so I love Tonks' cat. We yes. have Bludger, Waffle, and Snitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also interesting because in one of our picks last season, Bludger was a person. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, Tonks yep. is stroking or scratching Bludger's ears and he wakes up with a surprise purr and then they're like all scratching and everybody's happy and she's awake. She slept the afternoon away because her mother ordered her to bed as soon as she got home. Mm-hmm. So then we find out that... uh she he somewhere in his dreams he muttered Dora and there was something in his voice that thrilled and terrified her and she thought that he must be kind of dreaming about her and she was flushed and breathing rapidly so she had to go outside and cool off speaking of temperatures um, <laughs> well I, before, I think it's funny that she, that she has had daydreams about him for twenty years mm-hmm. well I she's mean <laughs> been in love with him since she was a little girl yeah 
Mm-hmm. And she's trying to convince herself, you know, it could have been any kind of dream. It could have been uh, scolding her for having a bad mark in potions or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then we jump to Dudley, who's like, I'm not going to go to detention. He can't make me. Pierce is like, they can suspend you and they'll pull you from the boxing team. And he says, I'm their best chance at a championship. And he says, yeah, but Baden's in charge, not Levinson. And that creepy, panicky feeling rises up in Dudley's midsection every time Joe's absence comes up. So somehow he knows that he's responsible. I think they've done a memory charm on him or something. I don't know that because mm-hmm. I, I haven't. I read this story a long time ago. And I kind of sort of remember how things go, but I I don't remember for sure. So I don't know that. But it's well, just he, de- he definitely knows there's something off about Joe not being there. Mm-hmm. But being Dudley, he just assumes it's Remus's fault. Right. Right. He's going to do something about it because they can't use magic in the middle of smeltings mm-hmm. and wands are breakable. Yeah. And I, I so. love this. And Lewis didn't look like he'd last long in a fair fight. And all <laughs> yeah. I can think yeah. of is in a, he would. In a fair fight. Yeah. Well. But he doesn't know about the werewolf strength. I'm sure that Remus would, would be kind of surprising to him if there was ever no, a fight. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and then we learn a little bit more about the um, Garveys and the Levinsons having <laughs> I bridge think club it's with funny them. That, that Garvey is a, is a he's a he's a geek. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> yep. He really doesn't like playing cards. He tried to convince his wife to change it to a role playing game variant, but. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know if Sue have um you used to live in this, in the suburbs. Yeah. In California. Mm-hmm. Did your did your parents ever play bridge? My grandparents did. My parents did. My grandparents did. My parents did. My parents used to they had, they had a bridge club and they would we would go over to someone's house and play bridge. Yeah. And I have no idea how to play bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. But my mom knew because she learned it from my grandmother. But my grandmother yeah. was a card player. I mean, she taught oh, kids okay. to play cards before we were three and five years old. And oh. she didn't tolerate, you know, fooling around at the card table. If you started fooling around, then we just quit. So we learned to play, yeah. and we learned to play well. Actually, Mom always tells a story about how um, my grandmother was the only one that they could play bridge with because um, they'd been taught a number of times, but she always forgets, and the, the real sort of hardcore bridge players always kind of disappointed when you sit down at the table and go, um, and kings are worth how much again? And yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they don't play bridge very often. We were actually talking rules. the other night, Scott. Did we play cards when you guys were here or did we not? I think we did. We played something. I was going to say, it seems like we did. Though. Mom said, I can't believe we had them here and we wouldn't play cards. So I thought maybe mm-hmm. I think we did the one night, but I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it was just a gin or something like that. I think, but I don't know. It was. Uh, it was uh, what's it called? <sighs> I can't remember. It's gone. Completely gone. We don't play cards when we all get together. We play Farkle. We have Farkle. That's kind of fun. Love Farkle. Play it all the time. Yeah, Farkle. Played fun. a little bit on New Year's Eve. We <laughs> had like 45 minutes to midnight, and we're just like, "What are we gonna do?" I said Farkle, and I have I bought a Farkle. It's literally it's a funny. It's a Farkle set. Wow. It's the official. It's because the game apparently was developed here. It's from St. Louis. Oh. And so it's the official Farkle set, and it's got the directions. It's what it is. It's a film canister mm-hmm. that has a long piece of paper with directions on it. Yep. That's rolled up into the canister. Yep. And six dice. That's what I have. 
<laughs> Mike brought it. And the card game's called Shanghai. Shanghai. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, right. It was one of those ones with the um, variant things that you have to get each round. So. Yep. Yep, I remember that. So, <clears throat> But back to playing cards here. They're Sorry. talking about Dora, and they think she's cute in a 60s barefoot festival gypsy kind of way. Oh, she's a hippie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she has to keep minding her parents' stories because, of course, that's their generation, not hers, but yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Lewis is, he he's, you know, kind of pays attention. He's got his eyes open. He's observant and, and says, Alan says, don't you like him? And Anne says, oh, yeah, but it's nothing to do with chalk dust. And Miriam <laughs> said, yeah, it's the eyes. A girl could drown in those eyes. <laughs> so... <laughs> and of course, Anne says, did he have good eyes? I wasn't looking there. <laughs> right. So. Lily, get down. Come on. Thank you. And Alan reassures Joe that he is a good teacher, at least. Mm-hmm. They continue on, and we have a brief moment with Petunia Dursley. Who's scrubbing the kitchen sink with her toothbrush. Because those wizards have been in her house. <laughs> I yep. love this. She came home that night to find a half full drinking glass with some bits of pink tissue floating in them. <laughs> That's where Mad Eye watched his eye. Ew. <laughs> so she threw that out. She wouldn't even dump it down the sink because she was afraid of the bits getting in her sink, so she dumped it over the neighbor's fence. <laughs> and she notices that it's werewolf night. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently she knows who Remus is because they sent out a letter for all concerned parents that he'd been revealed as a werewolf. But at least her Dudley was far from that sort of horror. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And how do you add and subtract (laughs) algebra? (laughs) Oops. Yep. And then we jump again, and Andromeda has given Tonks uh, some leftovers to take to Sirius and a long, breezy letter so that he at least feels like he's getting some outside attention. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And operates away. And Dora heads back to her flat, mm-hmm. and we, but we spend continue spending our time with Andromeda and Ted. Right. I have a nice, worried cozy about moment her. while Andromeda thinks about Sirius. Yeah, and she's, um, I love this, this is almost foreshadowing, I think. And she's trying to think of Sirius and Christmas Eve and, and, you know, how they could be together. And it's almost on the tip of her mind, but not quite. And so she's, because he's, of course, under the Fidelis. Yeah. And <laughs> she can't even think about where he might be because it's charmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she has, that word has also crossed her mind, so now she's thinking about it. Yes. And we shift to Sirius himself, who is not having a good time. No, he's fine. He's been having a fight with Creature. Yeah, because Creature's stealing things again. And he's looking, Mm -hmm. trying to find whatever it is he's looking for. It's a silver chalice. Oh, no, that's... Creature had found, had uh, had hidden all these different things, and... He's looking for a truth scrying. Sirius is looking for a truth scrying mirror. I think it's a mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mirror. So. A scrying glass is usually a black mirror. It doesn't have a. It doesn't have a, a, a silver film on the back. It's usually another metal. Mm-hmm. This is a, a scrying set. It's got the dagger, a basin, mm-hmm. and a chalice. Mm-hmm. You get the impression that it's not the most wholesome method of scrying, given the dagger and all. Well, the the dagger and the chalice are probably used for 
bloodletting and collecting. So that's what the that's the liquid you would put on the glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For scrying. So yeah, it's not very. It's just to say it's kind of dark. <laughs> So basically, Sirius has been frustrated most of the day and uh, now no longer has any restraint and therefore starts to stick his head in the fire. Yeah, he's going to talk to Harry. Yeah. And they all, one by one. you know, he didn't actually promise not to do it. Exactly. He just sort of gave that impression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And the wolf's Mm -hmm. prowling its prison and howling its frustration and finally wears itself out and falls asleep, too. Yes. This chapter is, uh, chapter five is called Interlude One. So that's why we're getting all these bits of things that aren't from Remus's point of view. Mm-hmm. The most, most of the rest of it is. Right. Right. And we move to six, detention with Dudley. And he. All sorts of Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't have quite the same ring as breakfast at Tiffany's for some reason. No, not quite. <laughs> he goes in and finds Creature and he says, Good morning, Creature. And Creature's like, It speaks to me. And clenches mm-hmm. his nose and spits on the stairs and then uses his own saliva as polish. Unnatural dark creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they find Sirius apparently making a recipe. Yes. Potion brewing. Look out! <laughs> He's trying anyhow. He's making something to keep Remus awake because Remus has to go to work even though he's just coming off of a full moon. Yeah, he's making him a pain med. Mm-hmm. So. And he hands it to him and says, oh, the way I could kill you, you know. Yeah, I'll anything for a while. Yeah. And he says, how about I get some people together tonight and we'll go over the letter you're going to write to Harry. It's like, um, well, uh, uh, it's like, you talked to him in the fire, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yep. We needed this. Yeah, he slams his fist down. He's like, are you mad? Sirius is like, yeah. Nothing it's, happened. It's to be the general consensus. It was fine, but yeah. Nothing happened. Umbridge could have happened, but she didn't, so no worries. Mm-hmm. And Sirius says, oh, first Harry, now you. And he's like, Harry told you not to do it? Yeah, well, they told me not to come meet him at Hogsmeade anyway. And it was like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. But, mm-hmm. And then they bring up James. James would have thought it was a great idea. Yeah, at 18 years old, he would have. <laughs> yeah, nowadays, I don't think he would have. Well, yeah. And he says, you are always grumpy after a transformation. Yeah. Wait, true. And then Sirius transfers back into a dog because that's kind of his default. He goes mm-hmm. into dog form and that makes things a little easier for him and he doesn't have to talk to anybody. So Right. Well, you know, he did that. That's how he didn't go crazy in Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Was the dog form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said the dog form and my dog is running across the room and stopped dead and looked at me like, were you what? talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> you mean? Well, I, I said the word dog. Right. You know, she knows that word. That's yep. me. She's I'm a dog. She's <laughs> going through all of my bags right now. Like, what's in here? Is there anything for me in here? What's in this one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Remus tells him about the detention, but he says, you know, we'll try and get some people together. I have a bit of a, a night in. And uh, as he's getting ready to leave, <laughs> he tosses a rag doll that Padfoot plays with down the stairs. And <laughs> Sirius changes back and laughs at him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or has already changed back. I don't know. Yeah. So he's got to school early. Alan's already in the office, you know, in his chat room, in his Star Trek chat room. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, I have to, I have to say, I'm skimming this, and the word Bajoran religion popped out. I was like, 
what? <laughs> Back up. <laughs> well, and I totally it missed it. Makes absolutely no sense to serious to Remus, rather. <laughs> yeah, the uh, oh, text funny. reader messed up Bajoran, so I had no idea what it was talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. But I guess I should have got it from Cisco, but I'm not sure I recognize Cisco either. So what did it say, Bajoran or something? I don't remember. <laughs> funny. And uh, there's a paper sack on his seat, and he wants to know if it's his, if it's Alan's. And oh no, your wife dropped it off. She said something about she couldn't come for for lunch, but she was dropping off your lunch for you. So he finds roast beef sandwiches and some milk chocolate bars that he figures are from Dora, and the photograph. And of course, mm-hmm. Alan wants to know about the photo, and he says that's a nice nice likeness. And he has his photo of him and Anna in his desk drawer. <laughs> yep. So, and he's got his notes and he's a little nervous because it's too certain to be working and he's just aching all over. You just can't imagine that, you know, your body, your bones, your ligaments, everything stretches and then goes back into the other shape. And it's just got to be horrible. Well, that, and then, if you, then he has to deal with the weather. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Because I, I don't know about you, but if we have a thunderstorm or something, I ache yeah, because yeah. of the weather. And, of course, he's worrying the boys because he's looking under the weather and they're, of course, thinking of Joe again. And he gets up to write on the desk and his knee gives out, so he can't do that. And the, one of the spotty, respectable boys says, is it rheumatism? My aunt gets it. Something fierce when it rains. And he's like, yeah, that's it. I have no idea what that is, but we're going to go with it. Sounds good. I'll research it later. Yeah. <laughs> so Daniel, so Daniel writes, volunteers to write on the blackboard. Of course. Yeah. He limps back to his office and inhales his sandwiches and everything. And Daniel wants mm-hmm. to know if he's feeling better. And he yeah. heads back into uh, his fifth form. Is that Dudley's class? Fifth form? Yep. Class. And they're all sitting in their seats quietly. Very suspicious. <laughs> yep. And Piers is, has an ugly, eager expression on his face. And Dudley's just staring straight ahead. And Remus is like... Oh. Examines his chair and then goes and sits on the front of the desk. Uh-huh. Lesson one. When you remove the screws that hold chairs together, they splay a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lesson two. I'm not that stupid. Yeah. And then he drops it, drops the briefcase on there and smashes the chair all to bits. Yeah. Well, it collapses into pieces anyway. I have a funny for you. Okay. I used to work in a movie theater, mm-hmm. and the people at the in the front office, the the office was connected to the box office in the front of the theater, and so the managers would leave the office, you know, lock the safe and you know everything, and leave the box office people in the room, and they were notorious for taking things apart and hiding them. <laughs> Like the time that they took the desk apart, the desk took the bot the top off of the bottom of the desk and hid the bottom of the desk up in the ceiling tiles and left the top of the desk with everything set up, you know, pens and pencils and paper and everything and the computer on the floor. Nice. Yeah. Well, they would take the chair. They had one of those big chairs. One of the tightest chairs with the arms and it's, you know, mm-hmm. spun and it's got the, right, it, it's a full chair. Right. And they took it apart. And when they put it back together, they had extra pieces. They couldn't figure out where they went. So hmm. we told the general manager, the district manager, that we needed a new chair And while he was there. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with this. 
chair. There's a on the chair. He sat down in the chair and he's like, it's fine, it's fine. Like, lean to the left. Leans over to the left, dumped him right out onto the floor. He's like, okay, I'm going to order you a new chair. <laughs> I mean, it, it went from it went from fine to just literally totally perpendicular. Right. Just dumped him up completely onto the floor. You could lean right, but you couldn't lean left because it didn't have any, yeah. Parts on that's that what this reminded me of. <laughs> the screws out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So then he he gets he does detention with Dudley and he keeps thinking Lily's nephew, Lily's nephew, Lily's nephew. There has to be some redeeming qualities in here. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wants to know. He tells him you can begin by putting the chair back together. And Dudley doesn't speak, but pulls the uh, screws out of his pocket. Uh-huh. Pocket of his knickerbockers. I like that word, knickerbockers. Seems like a candy bar. I don't know why. It is. There's a knickerbocker glory. Uh-huh. Is a Sunday that um, Deadly gets in the first book, and Harry gets his cheap lemon. Uh, yeah, popsicle. That was an ice cream flavor. I don't know why I think it's a candy bar flavor, but yeah, that's true. So he wants to know why he broke. Tried to break into his office, and Deadly's like, "I want to prove you're a you know what." See, now, Dudley would be really good with saying Voldemort because he's already got the he who must not be named can't speak these words down pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Oh, are you channeling Remus? Sorry. Oh. No, no, I'm holding the dog, and all of a sudden her stomach went, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Maybe you need to take the doggy for a walk. I don't know. Lily, do you need to go outside? I said a yes. <laughs> I think it might be Do you need to go yes. out? Do you, do you need to go outside? No. Oh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll be yep, right back. Yes. No worries. <laughs> Outside now? Uh-oh. But you woke up my cat. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm muting you. And then there were two. While waiting for Kelly to come back, Scott dropped off. And despite my best efforts, we never did get him back. Lily's nephew. Lily's nephew. Lily's yeah. nephew. <laughs> So, yeah, why did you break into my office? You know why. No, I don't. You know, I want to prove that you're a you-know-what. And he's like, Remus is almost like, prove it to who? And, but he's got to be careful because, you know, Mr. Lewis is a wizard. No one's going to believe him if he says that. But if he says in detention, Mr. Lewis told me he was a wizard and show, offered to show me his wand, then Remus might get chucked out on his ear. So he can't do that either. Yeah. <laughs> offered to show me his wand. Oh, boy. So then he brings up Levinson, and Dudley is all like, how is he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he lets him know that he's stabilized since he left smeltings. And he says, is he, but he's no better. And, nope, not yet. And he says, why do I think he'll suddenly recover when you get whatever it is you want from here? And he says, you know, I have nothing to do with his illness. And Dudley doesn't believe him. So. Well, then he asked who Harry was. Yeah. He said he helped you in a pub fight last year with a woman. And Dudley's like, that's none of your concern. Yeah. I only wondered, because in my office you said I was like someone named Harry and a woman. Is that the woman you meant? Aren't you going to ask who Harry is? Yeah. So he and says, then, well, who's Harry? And he says he's a cousin. Yeah. And, his eyes and that's it. Glazing <laughs> over. Yeah. Considering that you're talking to someone who taught defense against the dark arts. Mm-hmm. I mean, red flag. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Big time wow. So... Yeah, he's like, there's something going on here. He's been spelled. He can't discuss Harry in any detail. And he certainly can't reveal to any wizard that they lived in the same house. And it's like, that's got to be frustrating to him to find out your mind suddenly blank every time you you get near a subject. 
Well, and why would he want to talk about Harry anyway? Yeah, but, you know, he could be, like, bad-mouthing him. And well, he's going to bad-mouth him anyway. He hates his guts. Yeah. But this is not good. I mean, you have to wonder who put the spell on him. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's... You think Mad-Eye did that? Or even Dumbledore. I don't think so. I mean, I know that Dumbledore is manipulative, and but I really don't think he would do that to someone else. I don't. I can't remember if we find out or not in this. Because mm. I, I read the whole thing, but I only reread it just now, the first chapters that we're working on. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember much more than that. And then, of course, he comes back and, uh, you know, asks him if he wants a cuddle. Because <laughs> mm. so, he's got to be smart alecky. Of course. But, uh, you know, it's, so what does he make him do? He makes him study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, get out your textbook and there's a list of questions and you can, you can do that. And he's like, is that all? Yeah. Remus is like, well, I really wanted to talk to you, but shit, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. I'll be more creative tomorrow. So, so, yeah. Well, that was the end of chapter seven. And we'll stop. I'm there. sorry. I'm sorry. That was the six. end of chapter six. And we'll stop there because we've lost everybody <laughs> yeah. i like this story i like seeing things from remus's perspective uh-huh. and trisha said that she read this and the fifth book at the same time oh my and so you could see where they tied in with each other and i could see how that would be really interesting yeah so it's it's fun i like seeing remus and tonks playing off of each other and sirius is just you know spinning he's he serious is uh how do they how what's the phrase that i'm looking for spinning his wheels not spinning his but he's he's chasing his own tail Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term well that works really well for him so yeah it does (laughs) and you know it's a tempest in a teapot he just doesn't know what to do right he's he's trapped and it's frustrating it's frustrating for the people who are watching and reading him who, you know, really cared about what that character did and knowing that there he, he was, his hands were tied. He just mm-hmm. couldn't do anything. And if he tried to do anything, then you had people like, you know, Narcissa, who would turn him in in a hot second, you oh, know. yeah, in a heartbeat. And, and he doesn't get that. It's like, serious. You were not doing this to... to because we hell. yeah we're not doing this because we want to we're doing this to protect you and he just doesn't he doesn't get that and i can understand i do understand that you know he has a really hard time believing that of people because they left him in azkaban for 12 years mm-hmm. you know where were those people that thought he didn't do it right you know and and he had to get out and prove it himself that you know, I was innocent. I didn't do it. And he said that he would, there was no trial. I mean, you know, it's, it's all, oh, well, it's ironclad evidence, throw away the key. And, and they just, I can totally see why he does not trust anybody mm-hmm. and, and have them say, no, we're doing this for your own good. You know, that's bull to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't believe us. He doesn't believe in iota of that. So no, no, I and- feel bad for him. I do too. You know, he's been locked up all of this time and now he's locked up again. It's a different cage and there's no Dementors there, but he's still locked up nonetheless. Right. Well, and he's still, you know, yeah, the Dementors were in Azkaban, 
But, you know, now he has got his own thoughts that he's locked up with. Mm-hmm. And and he's in his family home. Which he, which hated. he hated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost as bad as the Dementors. Yeah. So, if I remember correctly, though, there there will be some outings in a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I like this. I'm excited to get going on it. And I'm really glad that Heather and Trisha got to be in on the earlier parts because I know that they're both big fans, too. Yeah. So it's cool. So, well, I guess we're going to wrap it for this week. And since there's only two of us left, we can say goodbye. Good night. (laughs) Toodaloos. Good night, everybody. See you next time. (laughs) So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.